It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between, we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and we are starting off a new week, the first full work week of 2024. Whew, how the heck is everybody doing? Did everybody have the most amazing weekend ever? I hope you did, and if you didn't, no worries. We're going to get you in a good mood, because today we are doing the Pop Culture Roundup, and we have Sophie Ross finally back with us fresh off her new engagements. Uh, and it was so great to talk to Sophie. We talked a lot about Salt Lake, but we also talked Southern Charm, Beverly Hills. We talk about uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, the the biggest social media influencer out right now. And we talk about a bunch of other things. And then directly after that, I am going to record a full recap of tonight's Golden Globe ceremony. We'll do a couple other uh, pop culture stories. There is so much happening, so I don't think I'm going to be able to squeeze it all in, but that's okay because we have all week together. Remember, this show is a lot of things. Uh, Frantic, sure. A total amalgamation of my mind, sure. But more importantly, trying to give you the deepest look at pop culture from full recaps of reality television, uh, true crime here and there, and a bunch of pop culture stories. Uh, So it is what we call a mashup of everything. So thank you for being here. I truly appreciate it. Um, Listen, last week I was so proud of those shows, even though I was exhausted. We had Annabelle DeSisto. We did uh, a movie recap of the 1985 classic Teen Wolf that was... (laughs) That was insane. Uh, Always love recording with Annabelle. Then we did those full recaps of the season finale of Salt Lake City. We did a full recap of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then we had Beth Caras, the legal analyst that was the talking head throughout the curious case of Natalia Grace. If you watched Natalia Speaks, the second part of that docu-series that you can see on Max and ID Discovery, which I thought was wild. I finally got to see the last episode of it this weekend, and it, it made me reconsider everything that I had said about it in that interview with Beth. I mean, they the way they closed out those final moments, I don't want to spoil it yet if you haven't seen it, but wow, that really blew me away. I'm curious if you guys have seen it. But I love that this show, we can kind of go from that to a full recap of Salt Lake City. I truly, truly love that. And we can talk about music. We also had Tiny Deaths. Um, We had uh, this just great musical artist that I was so proud of that episode, um, Claire DeLune, uh, her musical project, Tiny Deaths. We did that as well. So we had a lot to choose from. I also did a 45-minute Patreon over on patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. And I'll be releasing another remix of uh, a bunch of mashups and music that I'm listening to right now over there this week as well. I am preparing for the arrival of Mr. Bill Bailey, my dad. Uh, I've been traveling a lot and my dad is coming out to Los Angeles and we are going to go see the Eagles. My dad's favorite band in the whole entire world is the Eagles. 
Don Henley, Glenn Fry, rest in peace. Uh, I mean, but he, I grew up listening to the Eagles because of my dad. I'm a huge Don Henley fan because of my dad. And I bought him tickets to go. I bought him really good tickets. Like, so my dad, I took my dad to see the Eagles 10 years ago at the forum and that was cool, but we had nosebleed seats. We had like the worst seats ever. And it was like the opening night of the new forum after they had like rebuilt it. And we were sitting behind this family. I remember it was like this family, but they got, you know, those families that just got get hammered together. This was a family that got hammered together and they were they were having the time of their lives, but they were speaking and yelling so loud, not like yay for the music, like at each other. They were arguing with each other and it was the craziest experience, but I got him actually floor seats to the Eagles, trying to win my dad's love, trying <laughs> trying to win his love. And I'm so excited to take him this weekend. And uh, I hope, uh, I hope we're going to have the best time ever. And it's one of the, you know, you have those things with your parents that you, you share with them. And maybe if you're like, I don't think a lot of kids listen to this, but it was one of those moments when I was a kid, I never thought I would have these moments with my parents or this moment with these moments with my dad, as I get older, they're more and more important to me. They're more important to me to have those moments to tell, you know, him that I love him and I want him uh, to be good and, and, and just enjoy them. You know, like it, it, that's important. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, trying to find other things to do with him that, uh, he'll, he'll get a kick out. Of. Should I take him to Schwartz and Sandy's? Should I take him on a Vanderpump tour? Hey dad, this is Tom, Tom, by the way, do you guys remember this? If you've been listening or following the Instagram account, my dad and mom, I took them to Tom, Tom. It was like, gosh, we were still in the pandemic. Who knows if we'll ever get out of the pandemic, but they, they reenacted the photo of the two Toms kissing. And then I made them go in the alleyway behind sir and do a fake argument because I'm corny like that. But I truly, those are like memories. Those are memories I will have for a lifetime. So I'm very excited for Bill Bailey to come out. I think he's going to be doing uh, the Patreon live with me that we're going to be doing next week. We'll be announcing that I think this week. So he has agreed to join me. Uh, that's always fun to have Bill Bailey on. So, whew, that's, uh, that's what this week's got in store, but I also got a lot of good inter- interviews coming up this week that I've been prepping for, uh, reading books, watching television shows. Like I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would say I have to watch a season of a television show for an interview. And so every time I'm like, oh my God, I've got to watch eight hours of TV. I'm like, you idiot. These are the things that you, you, these are the things you used to do and get yelled at for watching too much TV. And now you have to do it. Oh, it's funny how the world and life works, folks. Um, But honestly, I hope you have the best week ever. Are you guys good? I want to check in with you. Uh, It's crazy. I don't feel like we've had much of a break, even with the holidays. We're going right into 2024. We're raw-dogging 2024. Um, So let's get into Sophie Ross right now, and then we'll come back. Because I also have thoughts on The Golden Bachelor. I don't know if anybody watched uh, Gary and Teresa exchange vows on ABC on Thursday nights. And I was such a huge fan of The Golden Bachelor this season. And I watched the two-hour wedding ceremony that they had live from Palm Springs. We had Jesse Palmer, the host of The Bachelor franchise, 
we had him on the show in the last couple of months and he was hosting this live ceremony and it just made me laugh so much, but I actually, I'm the, I'm the weird dude that actually believes in Gary and Teresa's love or Teresa is how I call her. I, I add the hard R at the very end. So maybe we'll talk about that. We've got a lot of stuff and I also want to talk about the golden globes a lot. And you might say, Hey, the golden globes are boring. What's there to talk about? There are things to talk about. So we're going to go through that ceremony and uh, that'll be directly after so. Sophie Ross. If you want to start with that, remember, I'll put timestamps so you can start with that segment and then go to Sophie, or you can start with Sophie, then go to the Golden Globes, or you don't even have to listen to anything. And we'll just we'll talk to you later this week. But we got a lot of good things coming. Make sure you're subscribed. I keep reminding the audiences, I was on a email chain with a lot of uh, heavy hitter podcasters, a lot of your favorite podcasters. And uh, they, they were, it's really actually very cool to have a group of, uh, insane people that I look up to insanely successful people that I look up to that always kind of give you tips or like things to look out for. And Apple podcast did this update. You guys with their new update in the last month where it used to be, if you subscribe to a show, it would automatically download past episodes. So that way, if you, you know, you would never miss some of your favorite podcasts, but that has been taken off as an option. So even if you subscribe, it doesn't automatically download other uh, podcasts of the same podcast. I know this might sound a little confusing, but basically what I'm saying is if you are missing old episodes, go and download those episodes to listen to at any time that you want, but they don't automatically download anymore on Apple Podcasts. So if you could do me a solid, that's great. The other solid I ask is that um, for the sponsors of this show, when we have sponsors, uh, that you just take a second and listen to it. And if it's something that sounds interesting to you, go check them out. Use the product code. Um, I want to do good for anybody that chooses to sponsor this show. I don't think that's a crazy thing. I want I want it to be mutually beneficial for anybody that is involved in this show. So uh, check that out as well. But thank you guys for being here. And without further ado, let's start with the one, the only, the newly engaged Miss Sophie Ross with the Pop Culture Roundup. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers... First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces 
at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Folks, I am nervous for this one because this is our first pop culture roundup of 2024. It has been a hot minute since I've talked to this person, and this person has gone through so many changes in this last month alone that I can't wait to get into all of the pop culture, all of the reality, but also all of her personal life. So, of course, (laughs) welcome Gypsy Rose Blanchard to So Bad It's Good. No, 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 no. We're welcoming... The one, the only, her first appearance in 2024, Sophie Ross. How the hell are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I missed you. So I know we were just talking for like 30 minutes before we just Yeah, guys, you should have heard what we just talked about. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, guys, that conversation was fire, just (laughs) like my fiance's dick. No, Wow, no, she is starting. Quoting Gypsy Rose. I was I was quoting Gypsy Rose. The, no, but. she said the D was fire. You don't say yeah. dick. You said the D. The D. <laughs> okay, so listen, we're gonna get into all of these like pop culture stories. We got Salt Lake. We got Beverly Hills. We got Gypsy Rose. We got a little Golden Globes red carpet that's just happening right now. And guys, I want to let you know after the Sophie Ross interview, I will be doing a Golden Globes coverage later tonight about anything that happens at the show. So make sure you stay after the show to hear some of that if you want to. But there was an amazing event that happened last month with our own Sophie Ross. And so I need to hear... Receipts, proof, timeline, screenshots, f***ing everything. I need to hear everything about Sophie Ross's engagement. Congratulations. I'm I'm so sorry to everyone listening. Thank you. Thank you. I know literally no one cares. That's not true. I, listen, listen. There's a lot of hateful people out there. Hello to you if you're listening. But I care. I think a lot of us care. I was so damn excited to hear this because right before we we, we recorded the like the week before this happened, and we were even talking about people ruining other people's engagements. And your mom reached out to me that week and said it's happening. And I I didn't really I don't really talk to many people, so there was no chance I could ruin it. But I kept it secret. From everybody, but, but tell us funny? everything. You know what's funny is that my mom almost ruined it. She texted. She there were so many different group chats going. She texted one of the group chats that I was in, and she was like, "Is the proposal still happening this weekend, Henry?" Didn't you, didn't say any sort of euphemism. It wasn't like, "Is it still happening?" She said, "Is the proposal still happening?" 
Henry, thank God, was working from home that day, which he usually doesn't do. I was on the toilet. He grabbed my phone. <laughs> hey, I want to send some of those Baxter photos to myself. Which, if you're a dog parent, you know that's like a normal thing. It's like, oh, you took two pictures of like, I'll take my phone. So he took my phone, deleted it. I never saw it. But my wait, mom. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Everyone First off, so Amy, my mom. Amy Ross almost ruined this, but I do also want to point out. I love that you outed yourself as somebody that's really, you do not bring your, your phone to the toilet. No, my phone was with me on the toilet. Oh, he came in. Got it. Okay. Of course. Of course. I was on the toilet with my phone. He came in and was like, I want to, I want to send those Baxter photos to myself. And I was like, and when you're on the toilet, you're like, what do I twiddling my thumbs? That's where I I do my best work. That is where every, but also I love that you have, you're a new dog owner as well. So I love that you are now finding ways to really use that dog for positivity. So Amy Ross almost ruined the engagement, but it wasn't it engaged. She, and everyone was like so mad at her. Like my future in-laws were like, oh my God, idiot. <laughs> oh, Amy, but, well, okay. Well, can you, can you take us like, through how I, he did it? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Again, I'm sorry to everyone listening to this who literally doesn't care. I promise. No, that's, I'll stop it. They do care. It. That's not true. I'll give you the short version. Essentially, my dad was like, hey, I'm going to be in the city for work, which he sometimes does. So I knew my parents were going to be in town like this Monday. And so Sunday, yeah. they were like, let's do brunch Sunday. We're coming in Sunday. My mom was like, I'm going to come in too because your dad has a hotel. So we were walking to brunch with my parents. And usually I would like you know, have my phone out and be keeping track of where my mom was and and keeping track of where we were going. But I just like I had Baxter, so I just like wasn't paying attention. I was following Henry. And um he just turned into this random park and I was like, what are you doing? I was in such a bad mood. I was so tired. It was 11 a.m., which I usually don't do Ugh. anything before noon. And <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? And then I see the rose petals and that's how it happened. And he had Wait, actually- so was it like Carl Radke where he like had rose petals at the beach? He led you down yeah, to like Hudson like, Hudson River? We've, we've been friends for so long. You look great, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> happened. Um, and yeah, I was like totally surprised. I had no idea. And that weekend leading up to it, we he had recreated our first date. We had never been back to the place where we went for our first date where we also- Is this where you threw up in the sink? Yeah, I threw up on our first date. <laughs> Yeah. And then went to another bar and then we recreated our second date the next day. And then I had no idea that he was like recreating those dates in the lead up. So that's- Wait, wait, Sophie, Sophie, uh, you're one of the smarter people I know and you have an investigative eye for detail. You're telling me you truly, truly didn't piece this together. Your mom and dad are there. There's You just got back from a romantic vacation. I literally thought they were there- for for my dad's work because he sometimes is in town for work and I literally had no idea like I actually and I I was in such an annoyed mood all weekend I just remember being like so annoyed and just like in a bad mood I was just like like I didn't feel well I remember I woke up sick Saturday and I was like oh my (laughs) god like he was being so lovey-dovey and I was like get away from me like I was in such a bad mood poor Henry must have been sweating that so bad that you were in a bad mood he also laid the perfect like trap where he was like, just be ready to pack your bags and go somewhere in January. So I was like, it's going to, ha- it's probably going to happen in January. Yeah. Then. So it's like for anyone planning a proposal right now, who might be listening to this, if you like act like you're going to take them, take your spouse to their favorite place the following month, 
Like they'll have no idea. He was insinuating that we were going to go to Paris. And so I was like, we're going to go to Paris in January. Like, oh my God. Maybe he's got like a shotgun wedding planned in January in Paris. (laughs) After the amount of wedding planning that I've done in the past, like, two, three weeks, when I, however long it's been, <laughs> I would prefer that. <laughs> I talked oh to, I God. talked to Sophia a couple of times over the holiday. And I think one of the first, when we actually did talk on the phone, you were telling me that you had already, you were already on website. You were already deep within wedding work. Right. Because it's like an awkward time, like no offense to my fiance, but it's like an awkward time to get engaged because if you don't do the following year, like then you have to wait until the next year. You know what I mean? I don't, like, but I, I trust you. Oh, if you get engaged at the end of 2023 and then it's like, oh, are we going to do a 2025 wedding? We don't want to. Let's do 2024. But then by, you know, January 2024, all the... Anyway, no one cares. I'm sorry. No, Let's move dude, on. This is That's ridiculous. Like- people, I swear to God, people care. Also, one last thing before we move on, though. You showed me earlier. Can you show the audience that's watching potentially on YouTube? There's not tons that watch on YouTube, but for the, so, okay. And for the audio, what I'm looking at folks is a really big fat effing diamond ring. Her, her hand looks like it's illuminated in the light of the Lord of some sort. Like it's just glowing. It's like a ring light on her hand. That's wild. Did he do good on the ring? He did amazing. It's, it's funny because I didn't know exactly. I was like, I don't know what kind of rings I like saw one ring in my entire life at like a jewelry store that I actually was like, that's a gorgeous ring. I'm not like a jewelry person. Now, see, you're like Paige DeSorbo. Paige DeSorbo likes to try on other people's rings. No, I like really related to that when Paige said that on Southern Terms. She was like, I I don't understand jewelry. I don't really have an image in mind of what I want. That was me until I like, you have to like go to a jewelry store and see like one thing that you're just like, wow, that's actually the first ring in my entire life that I've loved. So yeah, that's crazy. That's well, I I am so over the moon. When your mom told me this, I was on pins and needles all week because she was like, oh, I didn't know if maybe you'd be in New York. And part of me was like, maybe I should be in New York. Maybe I could you just imagine me busting in covering like wall to wall coverage for so bad. It's good about the engagement. Anyways, we are all so ecstatic. I think people genuinely do care. And now let's move on to horrible things that we care about and we potentially shouldn't. And that is pop culture and all of the insanity that's going on right now, because pop culture doesn't sleep, even though we've kind of been in a perpetual break for the last month. And I don't know, where do you feel like starting? Do you feel like starting with reality TV or do you feel like starting with like true crime weirdness that's kind of reality TV based? Oh, my God. It's like, where do we start? I feel like we got to jump in somewhere. I feel like the elephant in the room is probably Salt Lake City. Like, we kind of just have to, like, get it out there. Receipts. Screenshots. I've rehearsed this moment forever because I'm a fan of Housewives and I know exactly how. Okay. So this audience, I did a full two and a half hour line by line recap, but what are your thoughts? What did you take away from that episode and sitting on it the last couple of days where do you stand now with what you saw and the insanity behind the scenes? You know, what's crazy is that, like, I really think that this is crazier in a way than Scandaval. Like, I know it's yes. not capturing, like, the national attention in the same way. I mean, it kind of is. But, like, it really was the most insane. The, the fact that they kept it, like, it wasn't spoiled. Like, we were all, we felt like we watched 
usual suspects or the sixth sense or shutter island like i saw i know i tweeted something about like m night Shyamalan or agatha christie it was like a genuine it, no, how often do you get like a genuine twist in reality tv and they sophie they in 16 episodes they managed to have a through line the entire season of kind of mystery and suspense and you don't get that like even with scandal this happened halfway through the season and it's still they hadn't filmed this it was just what we found out behind the scenes that they were able to inject and we would watch it with a different lens but from the beginning there was kind of this mystery of who is monica garcia then there was these mysterious dms that were being sent is angie katsanavis a member of the mafia and by the way sophie in the last episode she does reveal she's greek and that was very exciting to find out finally yeah so and then and then i guess we watch it and it was this beautiful last episode where all of this stuff comes out in bermuda but the question remains when did heather gay truly know we have now this girl tanisha that is heather gay's hairstylist for the last couple of years who is allegedly was best friends with monica garcia now they are going at it in all kinds of social media i still have so many questions but i'm saying in terms of this episode alone what did you think in terms of that reveal what did you think of what monica did you know where all because these women on that beach when it was the four of them the big little lies moment where meredith was like i need to be left alone why do they come after us like what did you think it was so amazing it was was i mean truly you guys the cinematography like it was insane it really was I mean, scorsese literally hired this a cinematographer to work on scorsese his next film with leo dicaprio wishes. he wishes um wait what was the question Remind well, me the- no i'm just like what do you think of what we act what was presented on the screen not knowing any of the stuff behind the scenes it was what crazy. do you think of what My prediction going into the episode, I was like, oh, it's going to be revealed that Monica actually owes Beauty Lab and Laser. That was the the story that had been floating around was that she had scammed Beauty Lab and Laser and that Heather was suing her. And, you know, there it was all about Beauty Lab and Laser. Um, And I thought it was like genuinely shocking. Like she is an Internet. You had heard the reality Von T's rumors, hadn't you? Like I had heard it a couple weeks before. Seen them, and then that clip also had been floating around of Monica like joking, like I I would do something like that, but yes. like Meredith wouldn't. And Heather was like, "You would do, you would run a fake account." And Heather, when she's explaining how she put the pieces together, that is, you know, that helped her put the pieces together. Apparently, but my question is, like, clearly she had it confirmed while they were in Bermuda, and we also know that Henry's dad, I believe, used to work for the FBI. So I Wait, think Henry's she, a part of this? Your fiance Henry, is a part of this? Did I say Henry? Yes. I meant Heather. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was like, I was like, oh my god, there's a Sophie connection Wait, to the mystery? I, I wasn't even picturing I was picturing you're, Heather. You're, you I, got wedding on the brain. It's, I think when I start doing like he, my like just I just finished with Henry. Heather, okay, so Heather. Oh wait, wait, this is actually new information. I didn't realize that that's who she was talking to. So I think that she actually had the FBI. That's why they like blanked it out. Like I actually, I, and this is purely speculative. I think that she actually had the FBI confirm it. So I think she maybe had like some inklings and maybe she was trying to convince herself that like it wasn't true because she was like, you know, on the whole trip, she was acting normal towards Monica. 
Like they were, they were fine. And if she had, she'd clearly been investigating this for some time, you know? So it's like, well, what yeah. did Heather know at that point? Because the phone call obviously confirmed it, but she clearly was like onto her. See, I, I agree and disagree with you at the same time. I think Heather knew for the, I, I think she knew the majority of this stuff before going in. And that clip you point out about the beach of like Monica going, I would do something like that. I think Heather is yeah. doing some of the worst acting I've ever seen where she goes, what do you mean you would do something about what do you yeah. mean? It's so on the nose. Wait, I almost just said Henry again. So you I, think I that, heard that. <laughs> Jesus so you think Christ. that Heather actually like knew the entire time and was acting. I do. I do. I do. And the Tanisha of it all, that's wow. so what I'm confused about. And for the people that don't really mess around online, first off, you're really doing such great things for your sanity, but you. we good are online. Good for you, you guys. But the thing is, Tanisha, I like Monica obviously is a very uh, troubled person. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. I also don't think the burner account, I think most housewives probably have a burner account. Obviously, I don't think they have gone through the lengths that Monica, I do think Tanisha was a more part of the reality Von T's account than she is letting on. And now we saw Monica saying that she saved all of these voice. Monica was kind of a dumb dumb where she voice voice noted everything and sent Tanisha everything. Tanisha obviously had given this all to Heather. I think Heather knew well going into the season. Also on top of the fact, Sophie, that remember going now, season, not just Jen. Bermuda. Oh yeah. Because listen to this, you know, that Jen blah, AKA Jen Shaw, Jen Shaw is trying to get a little piece of the spotlight again. Her oh, yeah, team, her team sale. came out and said, listen, we sent a cease and desist to 2021 in 2021. They have the paperwork to Monica Garcia and reality Von Tees. And also in this uh, documentation, they said they also passed this on to Bravo and shed media. So also Jen Shaw is a proven liar, but they've put this out there. So they put this stuff. They gave this stuff allegedly to Bravo and shed media also, Jen at that point and Heather was still so far up Jen Shaw's ass. There is just no way in hell that I don't believe that that was thrown out to Heather. These ladies paid attention to everything. Also, where the fuck was Lisa Barlow's cybersecurity team? She says she has like a cyber. Where was cybersecurity team on Reality Von Tees? Yeah, where were Lisa Barlow's 70 lawyers? Um, I can't believe this. This is crazy. This is crazy. I, I don't know. I I mean. I think Heather plays this game better than anybody out there. And right, she's still like, she's still sane. That's that's her big step up than any of the of these other ladies is she's not insane and she's not stupid, yeah. but she's grown up watching Housewives. And it also was like a redemption season for Heather because she had a bad girls trip season. She had a bad last season on Roastless. Roastless. <laughs> 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 rugged rugged you talking rugged? housewives in the island baby um so it was a redemption season for heather and you're insinuating that she orchestrated she oh, uh, uh, okay, 100% but also is it a redemption season well it kind of still is because the thing that i don't think people are paying enough attention to that like shocked me more than the reality bontees was the admission directly after this revelation that Jen Shaw gave her the black eye in San Diego last season. Like you say all of these things and you say this like really 
like rehearsed passionate speech, but it still doesn't answer the fact of why the F are all of you ladies so scared of Jen Shaw? Like Monica Garcia is not your issue at this point. Jen Shaw, I'm telling you, there is something there that we are still not answering any uh-huh. questions about. You like also this now proves that Heather Gay was a flat out liar, not only in the series, but in the reunion to all of us in her book, all of these things. And she teased it out. She's teased it out. And now Jen Shaw is also saying, well, Heather's a liar. That's not true at all, which we know it is true. Jen Shaw is a liar. I didn't read Heather's book. Does she talk about the black eye? (laughs) There's just like a casual mention there. No, there's not really. By the way, the book is actually really good and it doesn't really focus on housewives that much until the very end. So that's why it was funny that Whitney got like kind of up in arms about the boudoir photography. You took this and made it from butthole to back. I don't like it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but it, you talk about my butthole. Yeah, I didn't Heather, Heather being the comedian. She had, I would never say that. That's not funny. I just think that Heather knew all of this. I think others were aware. Wow. I then think she's good, then she's a good actress because she was like buddy, buddy with Monica for a large portion of the season. And then in the finale, she seemed genuinely like angry. I think she, by the way, I still think she is genuinely angry. I think all of that's still true. I think she is pissed. Genuinely angry. Then she was really like, it was under the surface. Then. Okay. So like the phone call and everything was, and I think the phone call was completely staged, not by Bravo. I think Heather, I think Heather, I think that stuff, like guys, come on, the last day of the trip. And also this is why I'm curious when production knew, because you have to get production to go do that beach scene with the four ladies. Also, isn't like, isn't, isn't Angie and Monica in the, like the, the house is like a, like a less than 50 yards away. You can't see all the, why are all the ladies on the beach hugging each other, screaming? Like, I don't understand. Like the production had to have known. And then also production put those triangle tables together. Like, I mean, the funniest thing was Heather bringing out those little dolls. Like this is Eunice, pick up your doll and show us where Monica hurt you on the doll. Like it was crazy. The theme of this dinner is Bermuda Triangle. (laughs) But but this is why it's so good. It's like, yeah. It's sweet. But this is why it was such a perfect episode, though, because it was so dramatic. I don't care when Heather knew, but Wait, I also no, think. Okay, I have a question about the dolls really fast. Yeah. They made the dolls back in Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, because it was at the butter churning event. So Heather packed the dolls. Yeah, that's what's so great. Can you imagine going through customs and they're like, ma'am, what are these crocheted dolls? Are you, you smuggling declare, balloons of heroin? You declare your crocheted dolls when you fly internationally. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows that. Well, so like, what were the dolls there? Were the dolls part of another game? And then she was like, this will be perfect to accuse Wait, Monica okay, of being actually, reality Montees. That actually is a big red flag to me. But also the dolls were totally not like necessary. Like, <laughs> No, it was even Heather goes, Heather goes, my doll is side eye Meredith, but mine is not for Meredith. It's for Monica. And it was like, and you got it. That scene is so brilliant because they still get into a bullshit fight like Whitney and Lisa and Meredith. They all fight about separate things. And those ladies at that point already knew because they were told at the beach. The only person that didn't know was Angie Katzenavis. The fake fights were so yeah, Angie K. And what did Angie do with her? But she goes, she goes, ah, with her. Remember when she goes, ah, with her finger? What did what did what was Monica saying where she was like pointing? Yeah, she was like, like, This shit won't. And Angie goes, "Ah." 
shit. And then Angie was like, this shit. She's like, stop doing that. <laughs> I've watched that clip of like, it seems in, it seems like oh, a robot. I love, her. I love her so much. Like I, I love it. Well, Angie, well, and you said this and I thought you went too far on Twitter to say Angie's She's like the best. Yes. I think Angie gets the participation award for sticking it through and she's get given herself another season, but it, I, I'm so curious to see what she'll do with it because I think in her inability to fully, fully, I don't know, to fully be a part of this cast has actually made her a part of this cast. If that makes sense. Like it went from not being invited to the Palm Springs event with Meredith to now being invited on the Bermuda trip, but she still wasn't on the beach being shared this information, like, even though reality Von Tees, we still don't know if reality Von Tees was the one that sent the tax documents that was never confirmed. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love how Angie K was like still exclude. Like she was probably like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, at dinner? <laughs> she was. Well, she was just like, am I going to be asked to leave? Like, wait, they yeah. uh, did they just ask they asked Monica to leave. And I also like Heather was the one to vote Monica off the island. Like Heather is now queen again of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yeah. Also, is. I also love it? how she was like, please pack your, your bag <laughs> and go. Like the tribe has spoken. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, and also this also, and I know this is conspiratorial, you guys, I'm being a real Craig Conn over here, but I have a theory that the reason they didn't invite Mary Cosby is because it would have slowed things way down because you would have had to explain to Mary Cosby about burner accounts. You would have had to explain to Mary Cosby what the F was going. Imagine Mary Cosby at that last scene of going, what are you talking about? Let's talk about Whitney more. She goes, yeah. <laughs> I know, she like, would not understand what was happening. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Yeah, I'm, but, but, I'm, I'm actually, I didn't even think about Mary once the past. Yeah. No, she wasn't missed at all, at all. previous few episodes, I did not think about her at all. She wasn't missed in Bermuda, one bit. Okay, so do you think, if you were the producer of this show, what do you do at this point for season five? Um, I think I, I feel like I would, I would try to bring everyone back. But I feel like realistically speaking, like there's no way, there's no way they'll film with Monica. 
Well, they filmed with Jen Shaw after all the accusations came out, even after the court stuff. Like that's, they they filmed true, with Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw was like telling them that she was innocent and they believed her. Like Monica's already pled guilty to them, you know? Wait, like, but, they know but, she, she, she pled guilty to something that's actually not a federal charge. Jen that's Shaw true. lied about a federal charge. And the, we, by the way, the funny thing is the audience always knows. Usually you always feel it in your gut. We all knew Jen Shaw was guilty. We all yeah. were so shocked yeah. that all of these ladies like were really like, and also that was the, the speech got confusing for me. It was said with passion, but Heather Gay was like, we were ride or die. Some rode and some died. Da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still at the end of the day. Why? I don't understand why you did this when all of the evidence proved that you were being lied to or you actually knew she was guilty and just didn't care at all. Right, right. Wait, so do you you think that Heather knew, but you don't think that Meredith Whitney Lisa knew? I think that, you know, there's an, I said, I think that there's a possibility that some of them were like, Okay, the only thing that confuses me is if this paperwork, if this 2021 cease and desist was really done, which we saw the paperwork for supposedly from Jed and Shaw's camp, and it was naming Monica and Reality Von Tees in 2021 before they shot this season, they knew we are. And also, we also saw that footage of Meredith Marks and her in that camera footage in the in the yeah. Aspen store. Like we knew these things. We also knew that Monica had that relationship with Jen Shaw. And I was always so curious why we didn't delve into more of that relationship this season of like, how did that work? How did you guys meet? How did it fall apart? I remember the reality Von T's account followed me and I followed it a couple years ago. I never interacted with it, but I do remember following it when all the, the Jen Shaw videos were getting leaked. Cause I was like, Jen Shaw's a monster. I still think that, but I don't remember any of the other stuff that reality Von T's posted about the other ladies and I don't know if that's just been scrubbed or what, but yeah, I'm I, really it curious. Like, it seems like Reality Von Tees did scrub her account and like her, she. <laughs> well, it's a, it's another guy and it's another guy. And this Tanisha obviously was, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm curious why Heather Gay is still working with this lady at all. Even if she yeah, came why clean, she, why would you still Heather, work with her? Heather's not still getting her hair cut by Tanisha, right? Oh, she sure is. Um, in fact, you'll what? see in like uh, talking heads, like Tanisha is was on camera. Tanisha was, uh, they even credit Tanisha in some of the Instagram things I've seen. So Tanisha what? is still work. So my thought is like Tanisha came clean way earlier with Heather Gay on top of, this was maybe in documentation. That's why, that's why Heather's okay with Tanisha because she like came clean earlier, but still it's weird. It's, it's very, very weird. weird. I, I just assumed that she was like, okay, I'm not working with Tanisha anymore. I don't know why. Also, I just like, assumed that. <laughs> I just think if you're going to do the Jen Shaw filming, like let Monica come. Well, see, and yeah. I'm not this like Monica's not my favorite character, but I will say don't act like housewives are a place for pious, good hearted, do everything right. Women when that has just never been the case with housewives. So let her come back on, let her come back on and hang herself further. If there is more to yeah. the story, which I think there is, I'm so excited to see this reunion. Like I want to know it all. And there's gotta be other things at play. And if I just think that the other ladies are potentially a little short-sighted, think how much material you'll have going in. If not, you're going to get that uh, season five premiere and it'll be called like picking up the pieces. And it'll be like, the ladies pick up the pieces after an ultimate betrayal. The ultimate betrayal already happened with Jen Shaw. 
And the mm. fact that we never got closure between these ladies and Jen Shaw is still the question in my head of why didn't we ever throw her down and like get actual comeuppance? Like Monica to me mm. is small potatoes in a lot of ways. Like, I'm sorry, a burner account. Lisa Rinna had burner accounts. Lisa, if Lisa Rinna had lasted another season, this would have been the behavior that she would have brought. I swear to God. Yeah. Sorry guys. I'm so passionate. I mean- I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, we all are. We all are. <laughs> I I definitely still have questions about like the the lawsuit. Like Jen Shaw had sued reality or had a or cease and desist. A cease and desist. Cease and desist, sorry, against Monica Garcia slash reality von Tees in 2021. So if that's like public record, I have questions about like how how did they not know that like and it's also this other guy Koa that was being screamed at by Jen and the thing was I can understand employees if they are being completely mistreated it's not right but I understand wanting to take out vengeance on an employer that has so treated you so horribly they went about it the wrong way but I'm just curious what other reality Vontese things that they did like was she a part of the Angie K financial documents like, I want to know that. Like, they she they try to pin it on Meredith. And I also, like, I've been seeing a lot of people, like, kind of like what you're saying, where it's like, well, you guys didn't give a shit about Jen Shaw, so, like, why are we supposed to care about yeah. what Monica did? But it's like, I don't know. I understand. And this is, like, you know, just me, my immediate reaction. And now I'm, like, being a conspiracy theorist and being like, well, Heather knew the whole time. Duh. <laughs> like, now it's, like, super obvious. Like, Heather obviously knew the whole time. And if you don't think so, then, like, you're an idiot. No, I'm not saying anybody's an idiot. I want to I want, I want, say that. I'm not saying no, – I'm, I'm just saying, saying my personal opinion. I'm just acting like so like holier than thou now that I <laughs> come to this realization, even though five seconds ago, I literally thought that it was like all genuine. Um, but, oh, and I, of course I just lost my train of thought. No, you're saying about like the, the paperwork, the, like something about the, now I'm like, I don't even know what you were about I, to say, I but you were saying, I, I, well, I, what well, did you, wait, wait, what were you about to say? No, I'm saying like, so Monica went on, did a live right after this episode aired on Tuesday. And I asked her a question, which she answered. Um, and I asked her, Hey, did you, did Heather Ryan, ever pay I lost you back? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So Monica went on live uh, on Instagram right after the episode aired and said, I asked her and she answered this. Did Heather Gay ever pay you back for the $700 she spent on you in the Bermuda? And she answered and she said, no, she didn't pay me back. Now, Heather went on or Beauty Lab and Laser went on to sue Monica for $2,100 in unpaid services. And I was like, that $700 is a good part of that $2,100. But the fact that Heather didn't pay her back, but it's still Beauty Lab and Laser suing her really shows how much hatred, which I mean, probably deservedly that Heather has against Monica, but it's a $2,100 lawsuit. And I still also am questioning Heather saying in the show that she went to buy a gift certificate for Monica and there was four different Monicas in the system, which I believe is true. But I also believe if you are the owner of a place with the same birthday. Yeah. But like for gift certificates, I used to work at a day spa you never had to give the per like you never had to take down the client's information of who you were buying it for. Like, I almost think it's reverse engineering of why they think Monica, like it feels very reverse engineered to me to come to the conclusion. Like, I don't know. There's something that's just not hitting right for me, but I, I love the episode. 
think that they actually will refuse to film with Monica for season five? Well, listen, let's see how good it didn't do any good with Tom Sandoval. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a job. At the end of the day, this is a show. I mean, we'll see. But I mean, there is a good contingent. I mean, Samantha Bush, Bravo historian, was like, they die. She needs to be gone. She needs to be gone. I'm just not there yet. I feel like these ladies do a lot of wacky things. But I do understand Lisa Barlow said in this episode, oh, are you just going to film us like and then put it out somewhere when you're mad at us? That's the stuff that I can understand. That would be crazy. That's what I basically was trying to say before I lost my train of thought was that um, I understand like people are like, well, if only they had had that smoke for Jen Shaw. And I think that the Jen Shaw stuff was just like different because it wasn't even though it it, it should it shouldn't be de- like it sh- they should have had yeah. that smoke. For Jen Shaw. I agree. But this is like personally like you are deceiving me personally and you are invading my friend group personally. Like they felt, I think, personally attacked by Monica in a way that like they weren't they weren't like directly scammed by Jen Shaw because they weren't like elderly women. Essentially, well, I mean, but think of okay. I mean, because think about it, they get a lot of heat online, like every housewife does. Yeah. Me and you, we make memes. You say a lot of stuff on Twitter, and like you know, I could see coming upon any of our accounts and being like, "Oh shit!" Like that really hurts my feelings. But the difference is, we don't work with them directly, right? That's the difference. Right. right. But I, that's the thing. So obviously, they are very sensitive already. This just takes like the call is coming from inside the house. But I just think when you're, I don't know, I'm so, but, but by God, what a great season overall. Like, holy, you're right. It's just, this is legitimately better than Scandaval. It's just that Scandaval uh-huh. was a show that was on for 10, 10 seasons already. And we just didn't uh-huh. expect it from him. Monica uh-huh. Garcia is a newcomer. Like she doesn't like, this is, yeah. I don't know. It was crazy. It was crazy. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to, to immediately be like, yeah, Monica's one and done. Which like now I feel like she probably is one and done. What a great one and done though. What a, what a fabulous, like, I mean, really took, yeah. but, uh, but imagine having that come out on the final episode, how lucky that was. Like how interesting that that came out on the final episode. And that's the other, it's like, was this supposed to be the finale? Like, yeah, was that all orchestrated or did they decide to make this episode the finale? Because usually they don't have the finale be when they're on a trip. So, Well, we did know. have the post. We did have the postscript of Meredith and Seth in a jacuzzi, like you know, like we had these postscript of where they are, you know, and Seth is drinking. I'm Seth. I'm drink. I'm in a jacuzzi with Meredith, and also these ladies can like say how good of friends they are. Nobody fucking gave Meredith Marks a bath the whole trip. Like nobody changed rooms I with know. Meredith for that whole trip. So how good of friends are these ladies truly to each other? I, but also I would have been like, just use my bath then. It's, like I'm not going to switch rooms with you, but like you're welcome to use the bath. That's what I would have said. Like I didn't realize why it was such a big deal. Just let her use your bath. If you don't use it. <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she's filthy in the bath. Maybe it's like too much. Like maybe well, she doesn't clean up like, after herself. I always want to take a bath in like Airbnbs and rentals. Like I would feel like a little bit like, I, I know. Well, so, like, quit me. I, I know I'm not going to like bring it up I'll, again. No, also Mer- <laughs> Meredith in that final scene, you like Meredith had no reaction at times where she, I was like, is Meredith awake? Like Meredith oh, just like, Meredith until she finally came alive. Meredith had such a redemption season. I remember like 
my my liking Meredith decreasing like since season one a little bit. Like I've always loved Meredith, but I feel like she's become less and less iconic over the past few seasons, in my opinion. Well, she in started strong this season with the Palm Springs. You can leave. You can, can leave. Leave, leave. If I were to go to the jugular and talk about this the rumors and nastiness about her. About oh, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You want huh? me to go there with her husband? I, got I can go there. Don't. <laughs> with me. Okay. Tell her to off. I'm sorry. That's iconic behavior. Wait, she literally sounds like Logan Roy. Have we like... <laughs> like, where did that come from? <laughs> Logan Roy died this year and Meredith Marks came alive this year. So that's... Oh my God. Where, like, yeah. that it's like... Exactly. Died in 2023. But yeah, so Meredith Marks, I feel like, just had such a redemption season. To Like, she was so incredible this season, in my opinion. I think she did do a really good job of, like, especially in the finale, like... Or in, the, in Bermuda, I mean. When, yeah. like, Monica was trying to set it up to look like she had been the shit talker and the DMer. And it was kind of a layup. But Monica, like, flew a little too close to the sun. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm excited. That's what I want to know specifics about that. About her setting up Meredith. I want to know those details. Yeah. But I love Meredith in that last episode. Like, well, Heather, I, you know, I have done a lot of growing in the most recent times. And I just don't react strongly to things. I just let it happen. And I'm like, you learned that in the last eight episodes. I like that she acted like I've done a lot of work on myself. And that's why I just don't react the way I did. I think she reacted so strongly in Palm Springs that it even scared herself. And then she like made a goal to like chill out yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah. Anyways. This Tuesday, we get the first episode of a three-part reunion, and I've got so many questions, so I hope Andy does all of this justice. But a lot of this is playing out online as well. I've added uh, fights between Monica and her mom that were recorded that were released by potentially Tanisha after the fact. So it's just a mess. I mean, Monica, obviously a very troubled person, and I, I don't know. I'm worried. I, I actually genuinely am worried for Monica because it just seems like there's just a lot of mess there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on though, let's get to, uh, another person that I think would be great on a Salt Lake city cast. The one, the only gypsy Rose Blanchard was released from uh, prison on December 28th. And she has had a whirlwind, a flurry of activity. Now this, I did, I did a, a little bit of a, a segment on her on Thursday's episode where I took you through what she did. She was part of murdering her mother. Uh, there was Munchausen by proxy happening. It's a really horrific, sad story, but she served her eight years in prison. She has come out and you guys, you would think this is a Kardashian. This is all of a sudden we have now mixed pop culture and true crime. And it is the same one in the same now. And I want your opinion, Sophie, about Gypsy Rose Blanchard, not the crime itself, but the hoopla, the the white hot burning spotlight that's on her right now and how she's handling it. I mean, it's kind of insane. Like the world press tour and the interest. Like I had tweeted the other day how she had gotten on her Instagram 300,000 likes in less than 20 minutes, which is like better than Kylie Jenner numbers. She's like 7.4 million followers on Instagram right now. 7.4 million it's, followers. It's insane. Um... And I, I feel like if anything, I'm worried for her a little bit. Like I, I don't exactly. doubt that she has a, a good people surrounding her now and that she's like a mature adult who can handle herself at this point in her life. 
Um, but it's like social media, like the dopamine rush of it all. Like it's just, I'm, it, it, uh, I don't know. To I'm have a little a, bit, to, yeah. To have that many people. I mean, to have that many people really like want to be watching your every move and to yeah. treat you like a like a flat out celebrity. I will say, even if she is completely uh, if she's learned so many good coping skills in prison, I mean, I, w- I have nothing bad to say about her. I just say I just I've seen celebrity mess with the best of people. And this person came from like her mom had her in like a prison where she even said prison was more freedom than the stuff that she had with her mom. Like she also has a mentality of arrested development where she is, I think stuck as a little girl in a lot of ways. And what kind of concerned me was that she was like fighting in Instagram comments, talking about what we talked about at the very beginning, her new husband, Ryan, who they met through uh, prison pin pals. This guy is a special ed teacher she had to defend him in the comments saying that she is getting the D every, he's given her the D Like that's the part that worried me is like, don't be like us. You don't have to talk about your sex life at all. Like don't even like that. That truly worried me. Did it not worry you or did you just love it? No, it definitely, it definitely worried me too. Um, It definitely did. And she, you know, she went from being kind of exploited by her mom to now being exploited by like, podcasters and the today show it's like she's the view around the view oh my god that clip from the view that was so wait wait explain explain to people the clip that joy Joy behar so basically gypsy rose is being like you know what what was she saying she basically was like she was like i I did i she's like i did something wrong i did yeah i made i did something wrong i made some mistakes i did something wrong and joy was like don't say that you were you were left with no choice (laughs) And then everyone was like, um, I mean, like, murder is wrong. And Joy was like, oh, you're talking about that. And, and everyone's laughing. Murder is wrong. And Gypsy's like, yes, murder is bad. Murder is bad. But I think that comment, like, really clued us into the fact of we're in a live studio audience laughing With about a, a horrific event. And the thing is... I just almost, and like, this is guys, I get it. Like, it's so exciting. And like, I do really root for her, but like, there should have been like a two month adjustment period before this, like there's a four part lifetime docu-series that just came out. I'm like two episodes in, I rewatched the documentary. I like, there's all of this stuff because I know you have to make money, but I just get scared. And that was the thing. They had a press event on Friday uh, not skinny, not our friend, not skinny, not fat, Amanda Hirsch. You had uh, the toast. You had uh, somebody from Betches, actually. Shout out to Nicole. You're, you're missing someone very important. Oh, Nick Vialli. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. Nick Vialli! Is that who you're? What's up, guys? What's up,
But it worries me because I'm like, where do we go from here? Are we really, is her best interest, like who's in, like who's her Chris Jenner right now? And mm-hmm. I, I just get worried. Like I was watching that Mommy Dead and Dearest and it was showing like, she was kind of like a little girl pageant queen. Her mom would take her out, act sick, but smile real big. And now I'm seeing the same behavior though, but it's in social media of like, put on that smile, Gypsy Rose. Tell the people what they want. And it seems like very similar behavior that that's what worries me. So I hope there's some good people around her. That's that's all I hope. She is a a woman with agency. You know, it's like not a social media agency. I mean, she probably does have a social media agency, but I think (laughs) she has her own, like, she can make her own choices. If this is making her happy and if it's what she wants to do, then good for her. But again, it's like, I really hope there are people like that, you know, have her best interests in mind. And yeah. And I don't know this Ryan guy. Like, I mean, like I, I listen, I watch love after lockup. Uh, That's all I know about prison romance. And sometimes that seems to be like a little hard when you actually start living with somebody after you've just been pin pals and seeing them here and there. And when you throw a physical relationship, I don't know, I'm really worried. And I do wonder like how she in her head is dealing with this and like, what she thinks about what her future is. Like her big goal was to meet Taylor Swift at the NFL game. And then they said she couldn't go to that. Like, I feel like we're going to get that Taylor Swift photo eventually. Do you think Taylor Swift would take a picture with her? Or do you think she would shy away from this? To me, this would be an actual worry. Like Taylor would worry about this, what the right thing to do here is. No, I feel like Taylor would like embrace embrace really I, I feel like she would i feel like uh, it's like it's been like a who would have thought that taylor Swift would be holding hands with britney mahomes like every night like, uh that's a that's a sports you? reference you guys britney mahomes is jackson mahomes wife right yeah no patrick mahomes patrick Ma- sorry you guys Parker brother wait but what if britney mahomes taylor Swift, and gypsy rose become like the new like Paris Hilton, Britney Spears. That's um, I made the meme. I, Sophie, I made that meme the other night with them walking out of a restaurant. And I was like, this is, yes, go look. I made, that was like my Friday night meme when I started seeing all of this. Cause I said, she's in New York. I'm, I'm manifesting oh this as like a power. Yeah. It was just like a couple, uh, uh, IG posts ago. Um, let, l- let me know. Oh my God. Wait, yes. I didn't know the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read that was I because I thought well that's but that's where the weird celebrity that we have going on right now. It's not just like pop songs and movies and TV. Now we're like true crime is in the mix, and I think at the end of the day, I just I worry about her overall. But I know she's making bank, uh, so hopefully, yeah, it all I mean, works like out. the the internet public opinion, like they'll move on in two seconds. So like she should you know, juice it for all it's worth right now. Did you, did you follow the curious case of Natalia Grace at all? Yeah. Did you watch any of the Natalia speaks like the, cause they had the second part that aired this past week. Oh, I didn't, I actually didn't know that. I saw people referencing it and I was like, do I still care? I do. Uh, I didn't watch it. Well, they, they, it's like, it's six episodes when it should have only been four, but the very last minute of the last episode is so wild and it like just really threw how I felt about the whole series into a different. And I had Beth Karras, the legal analyst that's really? on that documentary this week on the show. And she was so excellent. So amazing. But it really and I really thought like it's so hard. Like I just it, I think about reality television of making a television show. And they at the end, they say Natalia will return. So now they're teasing another series with this. 
And I just think like, man, this is wild what we're doing with like mystery and true crime. And we're like, we're airing it like it's reality television. And in a sense it is, it's just weird. I'm, I don't Wait, know. So I'm trying you to recommend watching the Natalia Grace. I, well, see, I, I do overall, but I'm telling, I wish there was like a 1.5 that you could watch TV on like you do with podcasts. Because right, right. I wish you could Michael speed through hours out of my life. Well, her adoptive father, Michael, is on it again and they face off. Remember, Michael, how what a kook he was? The reality, like he was like, Christine yeah. was tearing us apart. They like pray together, Natalia and Michael. And it is like those moments were so good because it's so bizarre and weird and they do it so well. But some of the other stuff, I'm like, oh. We know this. She was a she was a little girl. Like they actually do dental records and prove that she was a little girl. She wasn't a grown adult. Like you, that's like the mystery is over within the first episode of this new thing. But then at the very end, there's something that gets thrown back out there that says, okay, there is some interesting behavior with Natalia still that they're going to potentially look into. Okay, yeah. now I feel like I need to watch it. Okay, well now interesting behavior. Let's move on. By the way, you guys, I'm sorry. I got a text because I just checked my phone to to look at your meme. Um, apparently Joe Coy, the Golden Globes are airing right now, and apparently yeah. Joe Coy is bombing. Oh, oh my god! Wait, wait! I just got a text from my friend Marissa and showing. Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner kissed at the Golden Globes dinner. What if we kissed at the Golden Globes dinner? Look at this. Are you? Do you see this? I will fucking kill myself in front of you and all of your viewers. How about that, Ryan? Well, can I you make it? Can you make it like audio friendly so we can like play on the audio as well? Oh my God, they're kissing at the Golden Globes table. Oh my God! Wow. Oh my God. I'm okay, somebody's so... already making. So they. Oh. So. They... So they were dates for the Golden Globe. Like, oh, uh, somebody's TikToking their reaction. Wait, so were they on the red carpet together? No, I don't think they were on the red carpet, but they are in the tables. Kylie is sitting with Timothy, unless Kylie was like a waiter and then just sat down next to Timothy uh, at a proper moment. But I think they were the, they're sitting together. I'm sorry. It's going to be okay. Like also Tim, like we all go through bad parts of our lives. I don't think this is forever. Sophie, you're it's actually, better. you're engaged. You're good. Like you're fine. Think about yourself. <laughs> think about Henri. Come on. Um, well, this is what Chris Jenner hats off to Chris Jenner. You did it. You got a golden globes kissing photo. And at this point, wow. I think only the golden globes needs that heat more than Kylie and Timothy does. I think that's good publicity for the golden globes right there. True, true. Yeah. Okay, uh, I we, we're 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 already so deep into this, but I want to get some quick takes on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What do you think about? Uh, I think yeah. right, it's like kind of after watching Salt Lake, it's so tepid. Beverly, I'm caught up on Beverly Hills now, but yeah, it still isn't like doing it for me this season really. And I feel like it's it's very like hit or miss for some people. Some people are loving it, and some people are like, "What is this season?" This is like this season is like a C for me. Just like yeah. flat. But you know middle. it got like it got such huge ratings this past week's episode. Like every by the way, Bravo across the board is like killing it on the ratings right now, but Beverly Hills got almost twice the ratings that Real Housewives of Salt Lake City did this week. Like and imagine the difference in quality. It proves that life isn't fair. That we don't live in a meritocracy. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> what do you think of Kyle and Morgan Wade? What do you, we're getting a lot of paparazzi photos of them in their Mumford and Son hats? I mean, I'm 
good for them. Like, I yeah, I don't care. Was- I just want them to like let us know and stop teasing it already. Like, just I I'm good. Island Mauricio will like definitely finalize file for divorce and finalize their divorce like in 2024. You really That's think the divorce? I I think they're going to stay married but have other relationships. I guess I guess yeah, that's a possibility. That's a possibility probably. I think they're and I think they'll always be family, but I'm so curious. But the other thing is yeah. that age difference between Kyle and Morgan is very interesting in terms of like the close to 30 year age difference, but like I'm all for, like I'm I'm a I'm a Kyle fan even though I think sometimes she doesn't she's a little monopolizing. Like she's a little bit of a, like Kathy said, a martyr at times. I do really support. I don't know this overall, just comparing it to Salt Lake. Isn't that exciting? But what did you think of the Southern charm finale? Oh, Oh, JT. I love JT. Like JT. Come in my face, boy. Come at me, boy. I'm going to push me, boy. Meanwhile, he is standing on a stool. He's, he's kneeling like his little knees are on the stool. He's, his little knees are on the stool. And I think someone someone tweeted that like someone's boyfriend was like watching Southern Charm with them for the first time and didn't realize when they first like saw it that JT was on a stool. And then they when they zoomed out and it showed that JT was actually on a stool. <laughs> that's see, that's such good oh, television man. to me. That's so good. Like it's I so know. good. Like, he is a fantastic addition. Um, Austin is a piece of shit. Like Austin is such a piece of shit. I think what was Austin thinking doing those talking heads of like, yo, I get it. JT's jealous of me. And by the way, he has this like, he was like, I get the girl. Like guys like JT, they don't get the girl. I get the girl. Like I got the girl. He loves Taylor. I got Taylor. Like, so he's you would Yeah. Like he's telling his truth, but I can't believe he would actually say that out loud. I know he's so embarrassing. And I think that Olivia really, really did become like the major protagonist. Like she kind of went from zero to hero. Like I remember everyone was like, oh my God, I agree. This little Nepo baby, like annoying, like fake love interest last season. And then this season she was great. Like you really feel her pain. Obviously, you know, she went through a tremendous loss with losing her brother and also just like the deceit, like, Taylor is uh, the new villain. Like Taylor. Taylor doesn't seem to understand why, what the, I don't see why Taylor doesn't understand what the big deal is. She's acting like a man on Southern charm rather than a woman on Southern charm. Well, she's like, I said, sorry. Like, what else do you want? It's like, I said it four times. That's it. I'm not saying it more than four times. Yeah. Like that's not how apologies work. That's not how forgiveness or life works. And she also is like, I've got gotten cheated on by Shep 25 times and I forgave him. Like I'm a forgiving person. It's like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like you literally don't get it. You don't get it. There are it. times where I think Shep looks at Taylor and is like, what did I create here? Like I created a monster. Yes. Like she doesn't so, seem to like. Yeah. And during their conversation, her conversation with Shep and she's like, so you wouldn't care if I dated someone? He's like, no, like I want no. us to both kind of move on. She was like, well, what if I dated Austin? Like now oh. she's just like weaponizing. Oh yeah. Like, I thought I literally, I thought she was going to go out of that scene and go make out with JT. Like I thought that like, she was like, what else can I do to upset him at this point? And it's sad because you see a lot of those people of like when you're powerless and sometimes women can be in that situation where they do want to get like payback for this behavior. I do understand it to a degree, but man, it makes her look bad overall. And I want her to yeah. look better than this. And I'm just yeah. so curious where we go, but this JT also, he tells Taylor that he's falling in 
love with her. And she's like, yeah, yeah, we laugh. It's a good time. Like, I will say I, I, I empathize with what, I mean, I empathize, but like he's, he's lost in the sauce. He can't see clearly like this girl would not be good for him right now. And also He's like, listen, I'm sure this guy has like skeletons in his closet, but I do believe that he truly does have great feelings for Taylor. It's just like, I why agree. would you? I agree. Like until someone proves to me that he's not a good guy. Like I think JT is a good guy. Like nice guys finish first. Have you ever seen a movie? Like nice guys always. <laughs> and um. Wait, what else? She, well, Shep, but Shep also it was like the miscommunication of like them thinking that Shep was going to take Taylor back and also Austin thinking that Olivia was going to apologize to him. Like how, in what world oh would Austin God. ever think that Olivia, and also Olivia said it brilliantly of like, dude, I, you know, I've got a few things that are going on right now. Like that was a line that like really rang true to me yeah. personally, where I was like, dude, like when you deal with a death with somebody, it's like, you're like, you're dealing with that. Like you are, you are in yeah. a different headspace. There are full days that I don't remember around my, like the funeral and all that stuff where like, I think I texted with people or talked to people. I don't remember. Like they, they'll be like, Oh, I t I'm like, Oh, did you? Like, I don't remember your mind is going through so many things. And I just thought it was so another kind of thing of like a narcissistic tendency of Austin yeah. thinking that she was going to apologize to him because they had some laughs about the Oscars over text messaging. Yeah. And I love when she was like, I have enough going on. I have more going on than having to apologize to your weird ass. I was like, get him again for me. Um, Where do you think, do you think Austin can change at this point? Like it, or it will be another decade of this behavior before Cause like, Craig Conover is shining example of somebody that seems to truly have improved and their best friends. So I would think Craig would rub off on Austin at some point. I mean, you would think so, but also like, look at Chubb. Like, I feel like Austin, like, he has the, you know, it's like that meme of, like, which way he's going to go down. Is he going to yeah. go down, like, the Craig path of maybe, like, growing, improving? I mean, and I say that, like, with a little bit of, you know, a grain of salt because we, Craig knows how to put on a show on Southern Charm versus when he's on freaking Winter House and Summer House and is being filmed 24 hours a day, in my opinion. <laughs> oh. Well, see, like, did you... Did or what? is he going to be, or is he going to be Shep? You mean, or yes. is he going to turn into Shep? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that we're seeing him kind of morph, morph into Shep a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I love? I love that it was a very throwaway scene, but Shep, I'm sorry, but uh, Craig and Paige driving to Whitney's party and they talk about uh cell phone reception and thermonuclear. He's like, obviously you don't know about thermonuclear design. And I was like, and they both were kind of, and I was like, oh my God. They're both conspiratorial people. They're both conspiracy nuts. Like I have a feeling I would I would pay good money to have a 30 minute straight conversation watching them go back and forth with Craig explaining some of his YouTube theories on the world and government and space lasers. I think that's like that's the only thing I can ding Craig on at this point. I, I really I'm so but I know. I, so overall, you it was a great season of Southern Charm, I thought. It really was a great season. Like, I really enjoyed it. And also, like, Taylor, just, like, one last thing about the finale, how she keeps being like, I'm sorry. I just, like, I'm attracted to the assholes. And it's like, you don't <sighs> have to, like, degrade yourself into saying, I'm only attracted to assholes when you're just not attracted to JT. And yeah. that's fine. <laughs> yes. Aren't don't make a blanket statement like that yeah. at all. She's like, he's just too nice. And it's like, 
you're gonna pretend that if JT turned into an asshole that you would suddenly be attracted to him like obviously not <laughs> yeah this poor JT's gonna go kill somebody in the off season just to be a bad boy like how bad do you want it boy like how bad do you want like he comes back with face tattoos and things like that yeah, like he like committed a quadruple homicide. He's like, how bad do you want to <laughs> yeah, baby? Yeah. Oh my God, not this bad. My God. Um. Oh my God. I want to say, I told Sophie, I told the audience, I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago on my, on the old cellular telephone. And I don't know if I should share it with the audience yet because there's a potential I'm going to get them on the show. But I had a conversation with somebody involved in reality television out of the blue that almost, I thought it was, I was so scared. I thought it was a prank. And I talked to this person for like 30 minutes and I, I don't think I can share it yet. Cause I don't want to blow it, but I, I, I really like this person. And I, I, I I'll, I'll make sure Sophie's on when I do reveal who this is. Cause it was just wild. Um, somebody was guessing actually like somebody, somebody was saying it was Anne Marie Wiley from Beverly Hills. I was like, fuck no, I don't like, I don't care about Anne Marie Wiley. Who the fuck cares about Anne Marie? I know. Who, uh, no, I don't Wait, care at all. so funny if that was, if you were like building up like a secret, top secret, like Bravo celebrity <laughs> guest and it was Anne Marie. <laughs> it's like, Anne, from her one and a half episodes on season 13 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, uh, listen, do you have 10 more minutes? I know we've gone a little yeah. long here. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even notice what time it was. Yeah, uh, time flies when you're you're talking shit about housewives. Um, the White Lotus, you guys. The White Lotus. They had their first two seasons. It's been amazing. They announced their season three cast. Uh, this is the HBO Max show, and I wanted to get Sophie's take on this. The number one for me is Parker Posey. Parker Posey yes. has been added yes. to this cast. Yes. Brian, also, I feel like since you're maybe Generation X. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. By the way, to be honest, I don't know which generation is which. Like, and that's how old I like. I don't know. Like, I did read something about Jodie Foster complaining about Gen one Z. of the generation, Gen Z, and I agreed with Jodie Foster. Like, but I'm not at Jodie Foster's age. But I will say, wait, wait Parker Posey for my generation is huge. Yes. Is the I, biggest get. I was talking to her just a, talking about her with just one of my girlfriends a couple weeks ago and talking about. Um, best in show, how much we love Parker Posey. Just like we just party girl, also so many great movies about her. And my girlfriend was like, Wait, I just watched a movie. Wait, Ryan, you're frozen. Okay, Okay. I have you. Yeah, she was. I just watched this really weird Parker Posey movie. You should watch it. House of Yes. Have you? Oh my god, I love that movie. It's based on a play, actually. It's based on a play for the first time, just like two weeks ago. And now seeing this Parker Posey news, I am over the moon. I'm more excited about this news than I am about this. I she pointed to her ring, folks, but I'm very I'm more excited about the ring than Parker Posey. But <laughs> the thing is, this season is allegedly probably not going to have Jennifer Coolidge unless it's in a dream sequence. So Parker Posey coming in, I think, is like filling that Jennifer Coolidge absence very nicely. But we also have the actress Michelle Monaghan, who I think is a fabulous actress. You have Jason Isaacs, who's amazing. You have Natasha Rothwell, who was actually an employee of White Lotus season one. She's coming back. You have uh, Leslie Bibb, who I think is a really good actor as well. And these are just some of the names. I'm sure there's a lot. Because I heard a rumor that Bella Thorne was actually cast in season three, but we have not seen her name yet. But I saw. Take it from someone who's watched American Horror Stories and all of the Ryan Murphy crap that she gets cast in. Bella Thorne can't act. Like, I would actually. Really? 
she's not. You know, to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen Bella Thorne do a role unless I'm forgetting something. I also watched some like freeform show with her. Like she is, she's just is not a good actress. I would be like really upset if Bella Thorne was like in of, of, I feel like it's the most coveted role you can have nowadays is a white Lotus role. Like yeah, Bella. I mean, it kind of is. Um, well, I'm, I'm really excited. And by the way, the first day of filming starts today, you guys. So this was really, it's funny how they kept a lid on some of these castings, but they are going into production today. They are starting to film. And I just hope that it's as good as the first two seasons or somewhere near. Cause I want Mike white to completely succeed. So I'm really excited. Uh, it would have, it would have been quicker except for the, uh, the writers and actors strike. So that's uh, interesting. Now I'm going on the daily mail really quick. Uh, There's a lot of uh, Taylor Swift has shown up to the golden globes in a a beautiful green dress and the fashion. I'm going to be doing a fashion segment, you guys on Tuesday's episode, but I don't know fashion that well. Like I was looking at Selena Gomez's dress and I thought it was pretty. And then I was like reading things of like, this is the worst look ever. And I just don't understand fashion. Oh my God. I'm so excited. This is my favorite part of award shows. Is really? like I just I, yes. like, I I just don't even I don't even oh, know how to describe what they're wearing at the time. So scary! Oh my god, her what? dress! I thought it was I thought it was pretty. Like I thought it. I, I, so why, why is it scary. bad? The why high is it bad? Them, the cutouts, the appliques, the belt, the color, the underskirt—it's like all a little too much. It's way too much happening at once. Versus what are, appli- what are appliques? What do appliques like mean? Like the little like flower things on the front of the dress. Oh, oh okay. ay, 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 that is not good. Oh my goodness. Oh my ay. God. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> well, I mean, can you look up, see if you can see a picture of Kylie Jenner and what she wore? Did she wear black leather? Um, it looked like in the photos with Timothy that she was wearing like black lace and you can only see, I don't think she went on the red carpet. You can just see her. I, oh, oh. <laughs> Jump scare again. Jumps. I keep doing that like fake jump scare scream and and Baxter, the the dog is barking. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not trying to like body shame, age shame, none of those things. I'm just plastic surgery shaming. She and we've known this. She's kind of reached the point of Kylie. She's her face looks like it looks hard. Like it looks like the cheeks are like the jigsaw cheeks. And it's just (laughs) from from just like the dim, like she didn't do the the red carpet. She's just in the dimly lit like room with Timothy. And it's bad. It's Um, bad for her. TMZ, you're right. I opened up TMZ and it already says Golden Globes 24 host Joe Coy rattles off uneven jokes in opening monologue. So I'm excited to yeah. see these uneven jokes. But this yeah. is a huge get for Joe Coy. Like, this is a big opportunity for I him. I feel bad. I feel bad because I'm like, you know, I'm always rooting for, like, anyone that's not Jimmy Kimmel hosting these. Wait, what's wrong with Jimmy Kimmel hosting these? What if it was right. Jimmy Fallon? I know no. you don't like Jimmy. Do you know me or do you not know me? Jimmy Kimmel... <laughs> Is the most bland, boring, <laughs> like. Wait, I thought it was like, Jimmy Fallon. No, Jimmy Kimmel hosts the Oscars every single year and the Golden Globes and that he just like hosts everything. And I'm like, why are there, there are other hosts out there. It pisses me off. I, I will say, I've been, I was watching like what little uh, red carpet 
footage I could because E didn't do their red carpet coverage, which I think is like so insane. I think there's so many good people out there that could do red carpet coverage. We're just not being inventive for like a world full of influencers and people that share yeah. their personalities. We are so uninvent like we should be like killing red carpet footage in the year 2024. And the yeah, fact that people really are just giving up have- on it is so weird. Yeah, there's no Joan Rivers. Like, well, Northwest, like, Northwest is like the closest we have to Joan Rivers. Northwest would yeah. rip these ladies a new asshole, but I don't think she should yeah. be on TV. Um, okay, yeah. finally, finally, the only uh, other story that just happened over the weekend uh, involves Real Housewives of Orange County. The Trace Amigas have broken up, you guys. The Trace Amigas of Shannon Bador, Vicky Gunvalson, and Tamara Judge. They have gone their separate ways, and now it is Dos Amigas with Vicky and Shannon and Tamra literally, did you see this Sophie? The Tamra was tweeting that it felt like yeah, she, like, she took the biggest dump of her life. The biggest dump of my life. Um, do we know what happened? Okay. So like, there was a lot of like back and forth with how, if she supported Shannon or not, uh, Tamra went on in her tweets to be like, I went and filmed season two of the traders right after this happened. So I couldn't be supportive if I wanted to. She had made up with Alexis Bellino, which Alexis Bellino is supposedly dating John Jansen, which is like the stupidest, grossest thing ever. Yeah. But Tamara said, I already made up with Alexis Bellino at uh, BravoCon, So it wasn't that. But I don't know. Vicky is saying big. They've un, all unfollowed each other. Vicky is saying that she called Tamara out on being a loyal friend. And I don't think Tamara liked that. But Tamara, in true pettiness, has announced her and Freddie Mellencamp are going to do a live podcast in San Francisco with a bunch of celebrity guests, I believe, on the same night as a Dos Amigas uh, show. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't. I, it's like Tamara's one of those people. I just don't. Tamara's like good at the game, but I just think. I don't know. Like it just is so, I don't know. Like Shannon and Vicky are very unique personalities. Tamara, it's like the weird one that supposedly grounds them, like gives them like a foundation. Like she's not insane, but she acts insane. I don't, it's, I it's confusing. To me. I actually, I actually agree with you. And, but it's like rinse and repeat with them. This always, how many falling outs have they had? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. And by the way, they're starting to film in like 14 days. So isn't it weird how this always happens around filming? I swear to God now, so I've, you, I've, now I feel like so conspiratorial because part of me is like, are they all just in on it? And this is like part of the action. Like Tamara's like, follow my lead. This is going to be great. Like part of me is like, guys, at this point, you can't like ever being quote unquote friends all these years. You can't like just like, like, listen, let's let let's wait a week. Cooler heads prevail. You go on social media, say it feels like you just took a huge dump after like dumping your friends. Like, that's yeah. so weird to me. And it's so I, I don't there's part of this that I don't even want to believe. Part of me wants to believe that 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 uh, Tamara is self-producing here. But I don't know. And I listen, well, Tamara I mean, and Freddie live. Would you go see Tamara and Freddie live? Freddie Mellencamp and Tamara live? If you paid me like. <laughs> a significant amount of money probably <laughs> otherwise actually i mean if i were with you i probably would go just to make fun of them just like we did with um with what's his name joe oh well we, yeah we saw joe gorga in jersey like i dragged sophie to that and that was an experience <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> the tamara trace amiga stuff is just like not if if this is all to like drum up ratings and interest and like the OC, like try something else. Like I'm not, I think that Tamara actually made me lose interest in this past season of OC because I remember I was like for so long, I was like, I still have the finale and the reunion episodes to catch up on. 
I never watched them. I See, I liked the season. Them. I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was as good as like, I thought it was a good start. But I do think like Shannon at this moment is like going, like Shannon has a lot of issues and like I, she yeah. needs as many solid people around her. And I'm sorry, that John Jansen, Alexis Bellino, Tamara, even if you made up with Alexis Bellino beforehand, before any of this happened, once this happens, you got to realize what a huge blow that is to Shannon. Like you, yeah. unless you're just like holding all this information, but like, I do think there's just, that just seems so petty and it seems like you do got to stand up for Shannon in certain ways. Like even if you like Alexis Blino, then fuck John Jansen. You got to say, this guy's a bad guy, Alexis. We're made up. You shouldn't be with him. He's got a lot of issues. Wait, so Alexis Bellino is 100% full-time next season, right? No, she's not yet actually. In fact, I, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say why, but- Why is everyone saying that? Well, because they were putting it out there as like, so part of the thing housewives do now is they put out this information like, oh, look at this to kind of get that buzz started. We see it every season. So that's what was happening. So it's a real possibility, but they have not yet come to terms. It's a real possibility. Also, Vicky was only offered a friend of role. And so part of me thinks that they're almost drumming this up to get Vicky definitely on the cast. Like what if Tamara's drum? I don't know. It's, I don't know. And, And finally, guess what today is? Raquel Levis's podcast comes out today. We're competing with Ra- Raquel Levis today, Sophie. Oh my God. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I'll be doing a full recap later this week on So Bad It's Good. So if you don't want to listen, I'll walk you through everything. Um, and uh, Sophie, what uh, what do you have to tell us besides being engaged? Is there anything you recommend us to watch? Is there anything? How do we oh support you? First of all, my future mother-in-law got me road beauty like lip peptide the Haley that's Haley Bieber's makeup. makeup company right Haley Bieber. I actually love it so if you saw me applying this during this <laughs> if you're watching YouTube yeah shout out to I Haley beauty um also I am on Christie's X knows all podcast Christie's um, been on the show I've been on Christie's she's an amazing yeah, uh person podcaster Christy is great. We did a whole episode about Shannon Ford because I just didn't understand like what the whole lore is with Shannon Ford. So we, she like tells me everything about Shannon Ford. So that's a fun episode that just came out yesterday. And yeah, that's okay, like about well, it right now. I think this is a great start to the year and I hope you guys are getting a great start to your, your new year, your new year. Uh, Sophie will be back all year. Uh, thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you for the people that are kind. Thank you for everybody out there. Uh, and we will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye. Okay, folks, Sophie Ross, wasn't that fun? Uh, I, I missed talking to Sophie on here. Now we are going to do a Golden Globes recap, folks. Let me take you to one of the hottest nights in Hollywood. <laughs> we'll go through all the moments. We'll go through the winners. But I want to start this off by talking about something else award show adjacent that happened this weekend, and that was the Creative Arts Emmy Awards. Now, the actual Emmy Award ceremony that you guys will view if you're big award shows or television fans will be next Sunday. They'll be airing the Emmys. And uh, that's going to be amazing. It's going to be hosted by Anthony Anderson. Tons of fun there. But they do this thing called the Creative Arts Emmys, where it's two nights. Um, It's two nights before the actual ceremony, a week before the ceremony. And that's where they give out all of the awards that they don't want to give out on live television. You'll see a list of all of these awards and you might see some clips from this like weekend of awards that was this weekend. And now one of those things was for best unstructured reality programming 
reality show and Vanderpump Rules was nominated for the first time in that category. And I am horrified to say that they lost. They lost to a reality show called Welcome to Wrexham, which is Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's. I, Rob McElhenney? Is that, I say is it from, uh, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They have a reality television show because they bought a soccer team or a football team. And it's actually a really good reality series, but it's completely different. I really thought Vanderpump Rules was going to take it this year because I thought they did something that was so unique. And I thought they brought a whole new audience in and they got people really excited about reality television in a different way. And I was uh, frustrated. Well, here's the thing. I think at the end of the day, even though me and you, we're all cool with it. We love it. We respect it. We see the power in which these shows can hold, um, good and bad. But I still think the world at large, not the world at large, but the Emmy voters themselves don't understand. We are still sometimes considered a little joke, right? Like, oh, your housewife shows or, oh, this show or that show. Usually these kind of like, uh, you know, you'll get like, oh, Survivor's great or The Amazing Race, which they are great, but it's not our reality television. So I thought this was such a great thing that they were nominated coming off the heels of Scandaball, but I really thought they were going to take it. But I think, you know, you kind of, fall into that thing with Emmy voters where they just still don't respect it. And Welcome to Wrexham is great. It has a lot of heart and it's got two celebrities. Ryan Reynolds is one of the most bankable male movie stars that you have out there. And and Rob, like, I mean, I'm sorry, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, is hysterical. That guy is a genius himself. So you have those two stars in that reality show. You're an Emmy voter. Of course you're going to give it to them. But I thought there was, I just, I really thought there was going to be a chance that they took it. I would love if they someday released voting numbers, which they never do. Um, but I think this is great. It's almost kind of like shattering the glass ceiling for Bravo reality shows, because if we can get this nomination, then maybe we can get a nomination next year. Maybe Real Housewives of Salt Lake City for that amazing finale. Maybe that can get nominated. I think people do not see how powerful of a medium that reality television is still to this day. I know that's kind of weird because me and you, like I said, we agree, but it really is amazing what they've been able to do. And I can't wait to see what Bravo has in store in the next five years to kind of build on this. Like I told Sophie on this podcast, the ratings for Bravo right now are insane. It is having a trickle down effect, the power of Scandaball. But so many people are watching Bravo right now or watching Bravo on Peacock that not only are they getting same day ratings that are stellar, but then you add seven day ratings in you add peacock ratings in and these all of these shows are juggernauts even the shows that aren't doing well right now or i mean like even the shows that aren't as entertaining like beverly hills highest ratings on bravo right now and i don't think they're even having a great season so i think it's good because it has that trickle down effect where people are coming to married to medicine still married to medicine medicine having the best ratings they've had in years but i think this is really exciting southern charm had its best rating since 2000 since 2018 or 19. And that was like a reunion episode from what I read. So I think that's great, but I want to give a shout out to the, especially the production company evolution media who put together uh Vanderpump rules. I, I, you know, the cast, it would have been exciting for them. They could have all bragged that they were Emmy winners, but I really wanted it for evolution media because what I thought they did was so well done because they were catching up to this event that had happened and they managed, I've said this so many times, you guys are tired of me saying it, but they managed to build on our expectations and, 
and you know surpass them in a lot of ways. And then they had so many other people with their eyes on this show. We had national news media covering Scandal, and they kind of ignored all of that and just kept their eye on the prize. And I think they just really delivered on everything that the audience was wanting. And I think it was such a difficult job. And they just, and I think, I think what they did is just really difficult and they managed to do it. So you guys, you win the first so bad. It's good award for best reality television show of 2023. So screw the Emmys. We're doing award shows here now. And you are the first, you're the only award. Actually, I didn't really think of any categories because this wasn't a planned thing, but I am giving you my first award. If anybody from evolution would like to come on to accept this award, uh, I'm willing to take really anybody, even if you're a janitor over there, I'm willing to talk to you because I listen, everybody plays a part. I'm sure at evolution, every, even the person that makes the coffee or go gets the coffee. This is, this one's for you. So that was this weekend as well. But tonight, the Golden Globes held at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Now, the Golden Globes, I talked a little bit about last week in an episode, is I kind of filled you in a little bit on that this is the Foreign Press Association. And it has, you know, you used to be able to buy Golden Globe Awards, but they are the precursor to the Oscars. And also, the Golden Globes always promised a fun night because it was one of the only award shows that you were able to drink at your tables. People would be looser. You could just tell it was a really fun environment. So even if you didn't take the awards that seriously, or even if the actors and all the people involved didn't take it that seriously, they always had a good time and you could feel that on the screen. And it was really so, so much fun to watch. And I think through the pandemic and through a lot of things that have been brought up in terms of, uh, the amount of people that were voting on these awards. Like I think originally it was like 82 people were voting on these categories and then these awards. And now they've expanded their voting block to 300 people. They've made it more inclusive, which they needed to do. Welcome to 2024. But they still, after last night's show, we see are stumbling in a lot of ways. Now it had its moments. It, ha- it had its fun things, but they, they're stumbling. Like this is not something we should give up on because it still got me really a little excited. And I always think that's a good sign. But for a couple of, barring a couple of things, like I think Robert Downey Jr., he won for Best Supporting Actor for Oppenheimer. And I thought he gave a fabulous performance, but I also think he gave a really fun, loose speech. And I was hoping because I was the begin near the beginning of the show that I thought other people were going to follow suit. And there was a couple fun moments. You had Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell presenting and they did a little fun bit. And if you you should go back on YouTube and watch Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig's Golden Globe bits. Awesome. But there's a couple things that they just failed right off at the start. Um, first off, the pre-show. Now, the pre-show, usually we would watch like E! Entertainment Television. You would have Ryan Seacrest, Juliana Rancic. You would have like people actually kind of doing these red carpet interviews. Now, of course, we long and miss the days of Joan Rivers, uh, Fashion Police, and being on the red carpet and messing up whose names and all this stuff. Like Joan Rivers could do that, could make mistakes, and it was still fun. It was still funny. She was like the everyman or the every woman that she, and she handled it so well because she was such a, such a genius comedian. Um, but the red carpet was there. Everybody was there. The stars were out. It wasn't like people weren't. I mean, they even had Taylor Swift coming for this thing. You had T Swift. And then you're telling me E decides this is the year they're not going to do red carpet coverage. E at this point is a struggling network. You've got to go with what works. And one of the things that works for E is doing things like that. Now I know it's expensive. I know it's pricey, but I'm sorry. 
maybe don't show like one of your other, like maybe like what if like growing up Bradshaw or the Terry Bradshaw, like maybe cut back on something else and say, we do entertainment news. We do entertainment events and do it to the best of your abilities. Um, but I saw everybody missing that myself included. And then I was looking for red carpet coverage and I don't want to get my red carpet coverage from social media. I don't want to have to go to Twitter to look at things. And that's where I was looking at it. And I finally found on Paramount plus the streaming network. Now, by the way, the golden globes used to be with NBC. They were in a contract with them. Their contract has ended. And now CBS, uh, swept it up and they have the rights, I believe for the next five years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Paramount plus, also own CBS. So you, there was red carpet coverage from entertainment tonight over on Paramount plus, but they did a really bad job of getting that out there. I mean, this is my thing with a lot of these award shows and all that stuff from this point on, it's like, you got to reach out to all of us. You got to reach out to people who do podcasts. You got to reach out to social media influencers. You got to reach out to let us know, to let our audiences know, because we want to be a part of this. Now I will be doing, I think a YouTube video that I'll be putting up tomorrow about red carpet looks, because you know me, a man of fashion. I didn't see any old Navy on the red carpet tonight. And I was dismayed is the word. But I, it's always fun to try to describe what these people are wearing because I don't have a language for it. So that's usually some yuck yucks there we'll be doing tomorrow, me and Meditza. Um, but so I was looking for red carpet coverage. I finally found it uh, and I got to watch a little bit of a for Sophie. But I just thought, I just thought there's got to be better people that are out there that can do this. Like there are people that are excited about this stuff. We got to bring that excitement to the people. We got to tell people because the movies were good this year. I mean, you had a Barbenheimer for the love of God. There are so many reasons to shout out movies and television in the year of 2023 that, that we should be, this should be an easy thing. We need people out there that are excited about these actors that know these actors that have questions, not just about what they're wearing, but about what it was like to prepare for the movie or TV show that they're being honored for talking about their past projects. Make this fun, make this a party because that's what it should be. When I was growing up in Kansas, I used to watch this, all the award shows. And man, I was so excited when I would watch it. I was so excited. And then I would have my little toothbrush and I would practice like, Oh, I used to dream about hosting the Oscars and I used to practice with my toothbrush afterwards. Oh man. I remember, that run that Billy Crystal did. And I'm not even that big of a Billy Crystal fan. And he, no, I still am a Billy Crystal fan, but I thought he was just one of the best hosts. I remember when David Letterman hosted the Oscars and he completely bombed, by the way, Uma, Oprah, Oprah, Uma, the old school people will remember that bit. But David Letterman, he had a show on CBS, The Late Show. And even leading up to the Oscars, he was doing so many funny bits on a show about preparing for the Oscars that I thought, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And he bombed. He bombed. And it was like actually, it was really funny in the bombing. Now, even comparing that now to Joe Coy tonight, uh, it wasn't that kind of bomb. Joe Coy unfortunately, and we'll get into that in a second, did not do well. And there's so many reasons for that. And I think in some ways he had a suicide mission. He had to throw himself into the fire. And I don't know if it was worth it for him to do that. And I'll tell you the reasons why. Uh, but I will say hats off to him even because it is such a hard thing to do and to face all of those people and to face people that potentially don't even know who you are. That is tough. That is tough, tough, tough but it doesn't excuse some of the things and some of the jokes that actually were out there. Um, so anyways, 
I just think that the excitement needs to be brought back to these things. Hell, I'll go out and do it for free. Not the hosting, but I want to be on that red carpet, man. Put people like Danny Pellegrino out there. You give me it, like, give me a shot. Give other people. I mean, there's so many talented people doing this stuff right now that would be so excited to be out there. Our friend Kirby Johnson um, uh, from Los Angeles podcast and and the, her great Instagram account. She was out there. I think she was covering it for In Style. I'm so glad to have her out there, you know, but we needed more of that. We need more of those people to tell the people at home why they should be excited that this is what Hollywood represents and not in a bad way, but in a good way. The magic that comes when a light goes off in the movie theaters, when you see Nicole Kidman in that AMC commercial, when you see the trailers, when you have your popcorn, how much excitement is involved in that? We need to remind people of the magic of all of this. And I don't mean it's some bullshit. Let's celebrate actors that get overpaid, but like celebrate the craft, celebrate the artistry, celebrate that they are actually showing us. They're showing humanity on a screen that they're able to make us laugh, make us cry. They're able to bring out emotions that we are not sometimes able to fully vocalize because we are so, uh, you know, told that we are not supposed to be emotional people, but we're able to watch a movie and we can get emotional about that. And I think there is something so worthy of celebrating in that. But God, you had Barbie this year, Barbie, like there's, we should all be watching these things. It should be an extension of the joy we felt all year long going to these movies. And if you're not a movie fan, I get it, but like, come on, get it, be a movie fan. It's good. Also, you need to add a reality show category to the Golden Globes, period. You got to add one. They actually added a new award to the ceremonies this year, and we'll go over that award in a second, which I think was uh, was pretty funny when I read about it, but I thought it was kind of necessary seeing the show tonight. Um, where should we start here? Um, I guess, listen, we'll start with some of the arrivals. Now, uh, me and Sophie found out halfway through the show that Timothy Chalamet was there with Kylie Jenner and they shared multiple kisses. You guys, if you were watching them cut away to commercial break, they were usually on Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner, man. They were very handsy. I will say it's funny though, with fandom is that a lot of people still don't believe that this is a real relationship. Like they were kissing and people were like, I don't actually see their lips touching. Yeah. It's well, come on. Is he pinching her boobs? What's going on? Like they were like, still, even with that, they didn't, fully believe it. They were like, I don't know if this is real guys. I think it's real. And also if it isn't real, how funny that they actually live lives of prisoners that they have to show up in big old gowns and like leather outfits and pretend that they love each other and kiss on camera. Either way we win as an audience. Cause that's fun. Either way, if it's real love, it's kind of funny because who would have imagined Timothy Chalamet falling in love with a Kardashian Jenner? I mean, that just was not on any sort of bingo card, even though I, I hate using that phrase. Um, but I just never thought, I really didn't think Timothy Chalamet, I did not think Kylie Jenner was his type, but it looks like he, she is his type. Like but also the Kylie Jenner of it all to go from Travis Scott to Timothy Chalamet wild. What, what a pivot, what a pivot. I mean, they're both very successful, famous, rich men, but that's a big pivot. They both wear, they both like wearing leather too. But I mean, I think it's wild and it is so fun knowing Kris Jenner a little bit, how proud she is, not of that relationship, but just of the fact that they're all over the Golden Globes. Like to me, this is like, see Kylie, your 2024 is starting off with a bang, which by the way, speaking of that, uh, Burbank Airport in Los Angeles, you ever go to the, this place? Um, they have one of those Kylie Jenner makeup machines 
and it um, it looks like it's always full. Like, who are the Kylie Jenner makeup machines at the airport for? Do you guys buy your Kylie Jenner lip kits at the airport? Like, I, and by the way, the answer could be yes. I don't buy a lot of makeup, but it, it always cracks me up walking past that. And I always like to think that at the end of each day, Kylie Jenner has to come and like check the money at the Burbank airport. Like, oh, we made $300 today. Like she has to actually get it, take it to the bank. That's what I like to imagine. Um, but they showed up together. They showed up late. So they were seated a little bit late. They sat together, but they started a lot of drama. We're going to go over that in a second as well, because maybe Selena Gomez and Taylor Swift are involved in some drama over a photograph asking to be taken. And I think that's the kind of petty drama that these award shows need to actually reach out to the younger generation, the younger set. Like, listen, I'm there to watch Meryl Streep and Martin Short sit next to each other. That's exciting for me. But a lot of people like to see Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner or see Selena Gomez go up to uh, Taylor Swift and, and, and Kaylee, who she's with, and, and kind of talk about that thing. So very exciting right off the bat. OK, so some of the awards. Um, well, let, let, you know, let me get into Joe Coy. Joe Coy was the host. He allegedly was hired uh, just a little over 10 days ago. Now, the Golden Globes had a really hard time finding anybody to take this job if you're to believe what they wrote in the trades. A lot of people were offered this. A lot of people turned it down. So Joe Coy, who is a very successful stand-up comedian, a very successful, sells out a thousand, thousand seat theaters. Um, a lot of people love this. I'm not super familiar with his comedy. Um, I know he dated Chelsea Handler for a minute. We remember that. Um, seems like a really nice guy but I'm not familiar with his comedy. But when they hired him, I thought my first thought was, wow, what a good, whoever his team is, this is a great victory for his team and himself because to get somebody like that, that maybe like the general population knows, but Hollywood doesn't really know. And I don't mean Hollywood in the sense of the people that put together TV and movies, but the actual actors, the people like he's not part of this Hollywood in crowd. And that's like when you compare it to somebody like Ricky Gervais, even though he's gotten so much shit for his whatever we're calling it, his comedy, he's gotten so much shit. And like his opening monologues were always like scathing. And so like I found it funny, but a lot of people just found it really crass and disgusting. But then you had my favorites, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, when they hosted together, you had them. But you last year's host was Gerard Carmichael, who is a great stand-up comedian. I actually enjoyed him way more than Joe Coy, but I'm just a big fan of Gerard Carmichael. I was kind of hoping that he would do it again. He kind of made it a little bit of his own. It was a little bit more downbeat than I think that they were hoping for. They were hoping to bring it back with gusto this year. They were promising a lot, and I don't think they delivered on that, even though all of the elements were there. You know, if you have the movies, if you have the stars, they all want to come, then it should be a lot easier. But man, Joe Coy made it look really tough. But like I said, I think he was set up to fail in certain ways because that room didn't know him. So his jokes had to be so on point to win over that crowd. And it's not just us at home, but that crowd, you got to win over all of those snobby actors and actresses and directors and writers, and they want to laugh. They do, but it's tough because you're not going to win them over immediately. And he just managed to not win them over at all. There was a couple funny bits like he did Meryl Streep doing Wakanda forever, which I got a chuckle at, but he made like a weird joke about, um, Barry Keoghan's dick from Saltburn being bear, being uh, Bradley Cooper's prosthetic nose in Maestro. And I was like, wow, what a weird, uh, 
Like I, I see Ty trying to tie all these things together, but man, that didn't la- land. And he did one of my least favorite things ever is when the jokes were bombing, he literally threw his other writers under the bus. And he said, listen, I just got this. De- I just got this job 10 days ago. Listen, I, I like, you know, it's like, I'm sorry. Like half the jokes that aren't landing, the other writers wrote the ones you're laughing at. I wrote. And I just think that is sometimes the most cowardly thing to do. And for a professional standup like himself, I can't believe he did that because I think one of the cardinal rules is you don't throw people under you under the bus when you're bombing on stage. He's a professional comedian. He's bombed so many times, I'm sure, because all comedians do, you know, even amazing ones that I just thought that was like, uh, but yeah, man, don't make a joke about Robert De Niro getting somebody pregnant at 80 years old and then saying it's CGI. You're not going to win that crowd over. You're like, like, listen, like Robert De Niro might be 80 years old, but like he looked like he wanted to kill you. And I think he might have been able to do it as well. Also made a horror. Well, made kind of a, like the joke about Taylor Swift wasn't that bad, said you'll see less cutaways to Taylor Swift tonight than you will at an NFL game. But then they cut away to Taylor Swift and you could tell she was not happy with that joke. And she gave it like a good drinking uh, meme reaction, which I'm like, oh, that'll be, I saved that little thing. I was like, oh, that'll make for a good meme somewhere down the line with that reaction. So thank you, Joe, for that one. Cause I love memes, but uh, yeah, man, maybe don't do a joke about Taylor Swift and Celeste. You're sure it is going to fucking land. It is going to bring the house down But, uh, you know, it was painful reading some of the things about this guy online afterwards. And I don't know him personally. So, I mean, I know I would not feel good about myself. And it just didn't start off that party atmosphere, right? Is that, like I said, there was an opportunity. If those jokes, uh, I know it's so hard to put that together, that opening thing in less than 10 days. But, man, you should have really thought about that when accepting that job. Because imagine if he killed it. If he killed it. Joe Coy wakes up tomorrow and like, it's a whole different ball game for him. He's already super successful, but man, this could take him to the next level. And who knows? Like, listen, if, if, if people continue to slam him all week, you'll eventually what happens. And in like two weeks, it'll like turn around and everybody will feel bad for him. And then everything's forgiven. All's good. But man, it was wild because you want somebody that is sure of themselves that can steward you through a three-hour ceremony that's saying, all right, we know it's long. We're going to have fun. It's a great year in movies. We're going to tell some jokes. This is like the meal's free. The drinks are free. Um, So let's just have fun tonight. And you want somebody kind of sure of themselves and the moment. And he did not seem like he was any of those things. And it just set up the night on a weird, a weird start. And like I said, unfortunately, that job requires I think somebody that the audience is a little familiar with because they would do these cutaways. And, you know, when you're getting ripped on uh, for a, on joke purposes by somebody that you have no clue who they are, it's that much more painful for the audience to watch at home because you can feel you can feel the anger. You can feel that tension. You can feel that he knows it's not going well. So that's the start of that. Um, OK, so this is the list of the winners. So best motion picture drama. Oppenheimer won that. Uh, I think we all knew that, but Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, and The Zone of Interest were all nominated for that, but Oppenheimer took it. Big night for Oppenheimer tonight. We're going to get the Oscar nominations in a bit, so I'm sure the Oppenheimer uh, crew will be all over those nominations, and I'm sure they're going to win a lot of Oscars as well. Um, I will say about Maestro, Bradley Cooper's uh, directorial 
not directorial dictatorial. His second movie he's directed after A Star Is Born. I watched it and I enjoyed it. It's a big swing. It's not for everybody, obviously. What's sad though, it's on Netflix and it's already fallen out of the top ten movies on Netflix. And I thought that was wild. And I kind of thought I actually had a dream about this last night, which just kind of shows you what I'm concerned with in my dreams is. Uh, I I thought like, oh my God, will he bring Gigi Hadid, who he's rumored to be dating, to the Golden Globes? And I don't care if it's a real relationship or not, but I thought maybe there was a chance he would because people would be talking about that, which would then lead them to watch the movie. The game of Hollywood, though, is to find a way that people don't feel like they're getting browbeated into watching something, but to be like, oh, Gigi Hadid, that's exciting. What's Bradley Cooper up to? This movie, Maestro. Oh, I have Netflix. It's free. You want to lead them down that path because you're not, it's going to be hard to get people to watch nearly a three hour movie about, uh, 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 you know, a potentially closeted man who is a conductor. <laughs> you know, even though he's had an amazing, fascinating life, you got to sell it to young people. You got to sell these things. And I thought there is, I was like, there's a chance, but he brought his mom again. He loves to bring his mom to these things, which I actually love, of course. But I thought there was a chance he was going to bring uh, Gigi Hadid to this. Um, okay, so best motion picture, musical or comedy. So they do best music, motion picture, drama, best motion picture, musical or comedy. They do that. They split them up. And this, the nominees were Air, American Fiction, Barbie, The Holdovers, May, December, and Poor Things. Poor Things with Emma Stone, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, Poor Things took this. This was kind of a surprise win because a lot of people were predicting that Barbie was going to win because Barbie was hysterically funny. It also had kind of a subversive script that you didn't expect from a four-quadrant tentpole film that Warner Brothers really knocked out of the park in the, the way they released it. It was just a perfect release. It really was. And I thought they were going to actually give it its props because in a lot of ways it didn't save Hollywood, but it showed people, it showed people why they go to movie theaters to begin with. Uh, but poor things took it. I can't wait to see poor things. I'm hoping to get that screener this week. Now, both uh, best motion picture animated was the boy and the Heron. This is a Mizuki film um, from Japan. The guy is a bona fide genius. Um, what, he's done uh, my neighbor, to my neighbor, Totoro, uh, Ponyo. I'm trying to remember all his films, but he's just an amazing animator and just a legendary one. I thought Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse was going to take this, but yeah, well-deserved there. Um, best motion picture, non-English language went to anatomy of a fall and anatomy of a fall was also nominated in the best dramatic film category. So even though it's a foreign film, it was good enough to be nominated in the regular best film category, but one in the foreign language thing. Now this is a new category that they created this year, cinematic and box office achievement award. So this is wild. They put an award here to put all of the blockbusters so they could actually talk about the movies that people went to see. And this had a lot of nominees. This had Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. That's why Taylor was there. You had the Super Mario Brothers movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, John Wick Chapter 4, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and Barbie. Now, this went to Barbie. This went to Barbie. Cinematic and box office achievement. I don't think anybody can argue that this deserved to win. It is a funny category to begin with, but... I think there is a world in which I was hoping that Taylor Swift, the era's tour would take it because it would have been good press. It would have been good to show this new category was able to actually honor a person out there that has like saved certain, certain cities economies. I just thought it would be interesting. And I think that there is a part of me that wonders 
that Taylor Swift might have thought that she was going to win too, and that's why she showed up. And this isn't like the MTV Music Awards or Movie Awards where they let the winners know in advance. I guess they don't know. They don't let the winners know in advance, but it was great to see Taylor Swift there. It's good press for the award show. Now, best performance by an actress in a motion picture. You have Annette Benning for Nyad, Sandra Hewler for Anatomy of a Fall, Greta Lee for Past Lives, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Kaylee Spaney for Priscilla. Now this went to Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon. And I've heard raves about this performance. Remember, this is available to stream on January 12th on Apple TV. I thought Carrie Mulligan was potentially going to take this. Now this is going to shift those tides a little bit. I feel like Maestro is going to have potentially a hard time at Oscar nominations if this is the way it's going. But Lily Gladstone, I've heard nothing but great things. And this is like going to have the big push now. Can she get the best? She's going to get a best actress nomination, but will she be able to take the whole thing? And this is a sign that she potentially will. That's amazing for somebody that is an unknown actor. But Martin Scorsese said when he first saw her audition, and this is after he auditioned everybody, even known actors, and said, nope, it's her. Imagine that, you guys. Imagine you being an actor and really struggling, trying, loving film, but not really doing anything in it, putting yourself on tape for this, getting a call, working with Martin on another audition, and actually getting a Marty Scorsese film. It's unheard of. How amazing. That's the magic of Hollywood. Okay, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. You had Bradley Cooper for Maestro, DiCaprio, Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Barry Keoghan for Saltburn, Andrew Scott for All of Us Strangers, and Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. This went to Killian Murphy. Very excited for him. Now, the Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan pipeline is really strong. These guys have been working together for ever. And I love this relationship because Killian Murphy, remember he was even Scarecrow in Batman Begins. He was the main villain in Christopher Nolan's start of his Batman trilogy. He had uh, Killian in that. And I think that's great, but he has shown up in so many Christopher Nolan films over the years. And I love that working relationship. I think it's really exciting when a director takes to an actor and continues to use them throughout their entire career. You could point them obviously to Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro was in killers of the flower moon. But I think uh, it's, it's really, it's really cool to see this working relationship and I can't wait to see the next films that they do together. Um, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. You had Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple, Jennifer Lawrence for No Hard Feelings, Natalie Portman for May, December, Alma Poisty for Fallen Leaves, Margot Robbie for Barbie, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Now, this happened with Best Picture as well. I thought Margot Robbie was potentially going to take this, but it went to Emma Stone for Poor Things. Now, Emma Stone has been nominated like a boatload of times for Golden Globes. Emma Stone, it is so funny because I think she is so down to earth and silly funny. Um, you can see that in her SNL um, performances that you sometimes forget what an amazing actor she is and well-deserved. Uh, I'm, you know, always, it, it's really nice to be reminded of how good she is because she makes it look effortless and she's just really cute, quirky, and funny. I mean, I'll always remember the first time I seen her in that like span of uh, super bad 
um, as the girl that Jonah Hill likes. And of course, Easy A, which is just so funny. But to work up to these films that are just prestige films where she's getting nominated and winning. I mean, La La Land. Are you kidding me? Emma Stone. Congratulations. Also, Jennifer Lawrence. She had a really fun red carpet interview beforehand where she talked about uh, wanting to give her award to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Always a huge Bravo fan there. And when they had the camera on her for the nominees, she was super silly in that saying, I'm going to leave if I don't get, if I don't win. She had a really big, bright, bubbly energy. Sometimes that puts people off, but I think that's the right vibe for the Golden Globes. I just wish more people had picked up on that tonight. Now, best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy, Nicolas Cage for Dream Scenario. This is an A24 film that has come out and it didn't really have a wide release as I thought it would. It'll probably be streaming very soon. Nicolas Cage actually today celebrated his 60th birthday and he looked really good there. Timothy Chalamet for Wonka, Matt Damon for Air, Paul Giamatti Giamatti for The Holdovers, which is streaming right now on Peacock, Joaquin Phoenix for Bo is Afraid, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. All amazing performances, but Paul Giamatti took this for The Holdovers. Now, this is another one that this film is directed by the gentleman who directed Paul Giamatti in the movie Sideways. If you remember that film from over, God, I mean, when did Sideways come out? Let me look that up. Um, came out in 2004. Wow. 2004. Um, it was him, Thomas Hayden Church, Sandra Oh. But it was uh, directed by Alexander Payne. And uh, The Holdovers is directed by Alexander Payne. Alexander Payne, a great director. He also directed one of my favorite films, Election, with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick fantastic fucking movie. So, so funny, man. Go watch Election if you haven't. And if you have, go watch it again because it holds up. I just watched it again last year. But Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, he took this one. I love that. Uh, I love, I think Paul Giamatti is just a solid, solid actor. And this is like a, this was kind of a, a big, I don't know. Like I was trying to think who I would want to win this. They're all solid performances. Um, but Paul Giamatti, it feels right. I would have liked to have seen Jeffrey Wright. I think American fiction is going to kind of blow people away when people start seeing it. Uh, best supporting performance by an actress in a motion picture. You got Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for the color purple, Jodie Foster for Nyad, Julianne Moore, May, December, Rosamund Pike for Saltburn. And the winner for the holdovers was divine Joey Randolph. Now she is an amazing actor. You might uh, remember her from only murders in the building. She's been in the previous three seasons, but just great. And uh, I've watched most of this movie now on Peacock and she does. She gives a fantastic performance. I think she will actually win the Oscar as well, but it's great to see those other ones. I, I think Julianne Moore did a fantastic performance. I haven't seen Nyad yet. Emily Blunt, great. But Emily Blunt, I don't know. The Oppenheimer, it's so dark to me and depressing the subject matter that these are amazing performances, but it doesn't I don't know. Sometimes the overall movie is so amazing that the performances are just a part of this amazing movie sometimes instead of looking at it singularly. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and Rosamund Pike in Saltburn. What a funny, perfect Rosamund Pike performance. Now, best supporting performance by an actor in a motion picture. You had William Defoe for Poor Things, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Gosling for Barbie, Charles Melton for May, December, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. This went to Robert Downey Jr. I thought, man, Charles Melton was a dark horse in this category. Now, I know a lot of people love Brian Gosling as Ken and Barbie as well, but I thought there was a chance Charles Melton might 
actually win the globe. I didn't think he would win the Oscar, but I thought he might win the globe, but it looks like Robert Downey Jr. will probably win the Oscar as well. Now, best director, we go to Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan Oppenheimer, Marty Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Celine Song for Past Lives. Now, I love that I've started calling Martin Scorsese Marty, like I have a personal relationship with him. I'm so sorry, Mr. Scorsese. I do not deserve to call you Marty. Christopher Nolan, of course, took this. Christopher Nolan is just working on a different level than all of these people like and and all of these people are geniuses themselves but christopher nolan when you okay he did that film what is that film you guys um harry styles is actually in that film it was the world war ii film um why am i blanking world war ii movie uh it was uh uh dunkirk dunkirk okay dunkirk I wasn't excited to see Dunkirk, you guys. I was like, oh God, another World War II film. I saw it, I loved it. And then I listened, I was at the Director's Guild years ago when it came out and I got to listen to Christopher Nolan do a talk back and watching him just talk about the sound in that movie and the sound in that movie and what they were going for. I, I, I was like, oh, this man is a genius. And I'd already loved the Batman films because I'm a geek like that. But I thought, oh, I get it now after watching that film and hearing him talk about it and just hearing how much thought went into it. And he wasn't like, Oh, look at me braggart braggadocious. He was really kind of breaking down the feeling he was trying to do and creating new things, new rhythms, new sounds, new vision. Like it reminded me of Stanley Kubrick when I would read about him, how he would ground his own camera lens to get the perfect shot in Barry Lyndon. Like it just reminded me of things that I don't have a vocabulary for, but get very impressed by. So Christopher Nolan, amazing. Also Celine song, watch out um, for her past lives. Um, I didn't think I, I didn't think I was as moved. Now I'm thinking about it days and, uh, almost a week later, and I'm thinking about it differently. And I think that's good when a movie stays with you, but it's a, it's a really, it's, it's romantic in a sense. It's worldly. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to be very interested to see what she does next. I thought it was interesting. Best screenplay, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbau for Barbie, Tony McNamara, Poor Things, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, Celine Song, Past Lives, and Justin Triet and Arthur Harari for Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, Justin and Arthur took this for Anatomy of a Fall. So, okay, congratulations. Best original score went to Ludwig Göransson for Oppenheimer. And if I'm not mistaken, Ludwig Göransson is also a part of the, if I'm not mistaken, I could be, I think he's one of the people that actually is part of the childish Gambino project, um, that Donald Glover heads. Let's see if I'm right here. Ludwig Gorenson. Uh, let's see here. I could be completely wrong. If I am, I'm so sorry. Yeah, he is. He's frequently collaborated with childish Gambino. Boom. The guys, this is the only time I have a weird memory for that. Like, yeah, Ludwig, congratulations. Ludwig won for Best Original Score. And then Best Original Song, this was a really tough category because you had Bruce Springsteen, you had Dance the Night with uh, Dua Lipa, I'm Just Ken from Barbie, Peaches performed by Jack Black from the Super Mario Brothers film, Road to Freedom performed by Lenny Kravitz for the movie Rustin, and What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish and Phineas for Barbie. And What Was I Made For took it. Now, these are all really good songs, but What Was I Made For is is pretty beautiful. I was reminded about that when Billie Eilish uh, was the musical guest for Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago and her performance there, there almost moved me to tears again. I, I just thought, what well, really 
really, really beautiful. I, I just thought it was great. So I think that's actually going to win as well. Now we go over to television, best television series, uh, 1925, The Crown, The Diplomat, The Last of Us, The Morning Show, and Succession. Succession took this as it should. Um, Succession won a couple of times tonight, and it just reminded me of how sad I am that Succession is no longer on television. Didn't it do that for you too? It just reminded me, in fact, when they won for best television series, um, the, the creator was up there talking and, and talking to him. He's like, well, I, I finally got good shoes for awards and I'll probably never be nominated for anything again. And I was just thinking in the crowd, if I was there, I would have shouted him down and going, do another season, do it. Come on. You know, like screw art, do it. Like I want another season of succession in my mind. It's not over. Best television series, musical or comedy. You had Abbott Elementary, Barry, The Bear, Jury Duty for Amazon Freebie. Jury Duty, I'm so excited about this one. Only Murders in the Building and Ted Lasso. This went to The Bear on FX. Now, The Bear, not the funniest show. I would say more of a dramedy with drama being the operative word there. But The Bear took it. I thought Jury Duty might be a dark horse, but The Bear took it. Well-deserved, great show. Best limited series, anthology series, or motion picture made for television. All the Light We Cannot See, Daisy Jones and the Six, Fargo, Fellow Travelers, and Lessons in Chemistry, and Beef. And this went to Beef on Netflix. Really loved Beef. Uh, I think I talked about it on the show at the time. Really loved it. I did think it fell off in the final episode, but really loved that journey. And I'm wondering if they're even potentially going to do a season two and what that would even look like. Uh, but Stephen Yen and Ali Wong really knocked that out of the park, even though there was a lot of controversy surrounding that and one of the people they cast in that show. Uh, best performance by an actor in a television series drama, Brian Cox, Kieran Culkin, Kieran, Kieran Culkin for Succession, and Jeremy Strong for Succession. So you had three Succession actors in this category. Then Gary Oldman for Slow Horses, Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us, and Dominic West for The Crown, who played uh, Prince Charles. Now this went to Kieran Culkin, and he gave a really funny speech. I love that dude's energy. So funny. And he actually made a Pedro, he made fun of Pedro Pascal in this. I'm like, ah, this is mine, sucker. Um, Pedro Pascal, amazing actor as well. La really enjoyed The Last of Us. I think Pedro is probably going to do just as amazing of work in the second season. Um, I was shocked that Kieran won this because I thought that Brian, Kieran, and Jeremy would have canceled each other out on votes because there's so much succession love that you'd have some people voting for this one, that one. But Kieran took it, and he had one of the most amazing seasons ever. So congrats to him. Best performance by an actress in a television series, Helen Mirren, Bella Ramsey for The Last of Us, Carrie Russell, Sarah Snook for Succession, Imelda Staunton for The Crown, and Emma Stone for The Curse, which nobody is watching except for me with her and Nathan Felder and Benny Safdie. The season finale is going to be airing this week over on Showtime. It is one of the weirdest watches that I've seen. Uh, very David Lynch, um, very, very different, and I enjoy it. But it is a hard show to recommend unless I really trust your vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're willing to sit with things and let things percolate, then it is the show for you. But Sarah Snook took this for succession. Well-deserved. Oh God, I miss her on succession. Now, best performance by an actor in a television series, musical or comedy, Bill Hader, Steve Martin, Jason Siegel, Martin Short, Jason Sudeikis, and Jeremy Allen White for the bear. Jeremy Allen White, your Calvin Klein underwear model took this one the second year in a row for the bear. Uh, then you had best performance by an actress in a television series, musical or comedy, Rachel Brosnahan for the final season of The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Ayo Ediberi. God, I'm sorry, guys. 
AO's a genius and she won this category, but I'm, I have a hard time pronouncing her name. Last name, the bear, uh, L Fanning, the great Selena Gomez, only murders in the building and Natasha Leone for park, uh, poker face, but AO does great work in the bear. So I think that's a great one. Also uh, fun fact, Rachel, Rachel, uh, Brosnahan for marvelous Miss Maisel. She is cast as the new Lois Lane in the new Superman movie that James Gunn, the director of guardians of the galaxy, they handed him the keys to the DC kingdom over at Warner brothers. And he, she's going to be playing Lois Lane. So that's good for her. Now, best performance by an actor in a limited series. You got Matt Bomer, fellow travelers, Sam Claflin for Daisy Jones in the six, John Hamm, Fargo, Woody Harrelson, White House Plumbers, David Oil Owo for Lawman, Bass Reeves, and Stephen Yen for Beef. And Stephen took this one. Congratulations. And best performance by an actress in a limited series went to Ali Wong in Beef. Um, best supporting performance by an actor in a series went to Matthew McFadden for Succession. Tom, come on. That's amazing. Uh, and you also had Alan Rock from Succession in that category, as well as James Martin, Marsden from Jury Duty, which was heavily improv. He was nominated in this, but Matthew took it. Uh, it was his first nomination and first win for the Golden Globes. And then Best Supporting Performance by an Actress in a Series. Uh, you had Elizabeth DeBecky for The Crown playing Princess Diana. Abby Elliott for The Bear. Christina Ricci for Yellow Jackets. Jay Smith Cameron for Succession. Meryl Streep. Only Murders in the Building. And Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. Elizabeth DeBicke t- took this uh, for Princess Diana. I do want to say I love the shout out for Christina Ricci and Yellow Jackets, but it also just reminds me of how disappointed I am in season two of Yellow Jackets. As I've had time to sit on this, I think it was a complete faltering second season. It had bright moments, but I think it got lost in its own mythology and didn't live up to what the audience's own mythology or where it could have gone. Some of their answers just didn't add up or lead. And it wasn't nearly as exciting as that first season and the potential of that. You know, I just, it just didn't land for me in any way. And I hate to say that because it was one of the shows I was most passionate about the first season. So I'll be excited to see where they go on the third season. Now, best performance by a stand-up comedy. You had Ricky Gervais, Trevor Noah, Chris Rock, Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman, and Wanda Sykes. And Ricky Gervais took this for his Netflix special Armageddon. And that are the that's the Golden Globe Awards, folks. Those are the awards themselves. But I want to talk about a couple of things. Now, listen, I, I put this in my, uh, my Instagram. Meryl Streep and Martin short sat together. And I know there are only murders in the building. I know they're co-stars in this season, but is there a world in which they're dating? Because Martin Short, he's single, right? He had a wife that he talks about. His lovely wife is uh, autobiography. Um, uh, I think it's called I Must Say, which is just amazing. Uh, shout out to Christina Byington. Um, but is there a world like she passed away, unfortunately, like a decade ago. Okay. Meryl Streep has been separated from her husband for a long time. Is there a world in which Martin Short and Meryl Streep could be dating? How exciting would that be? Wouldn't it be great? Also, the big thing of the night, we'll finally get into it, was this (laughs) Kylie Jenner, Timothy Chalamet, right? They're sitting together, fondling each other and kissing the whole ceremony. But Selena Gomez at one point goes up to Taylor Swift. And the rumor is here, folks, because you can see video of this and they go, Timothy, like Taylor Swift and her friend are like, what? And allegedly, and take this with a huge grain of salt, take this um, with the biggest grain of salt that you possibly can, is that I'm trying to find. Okay. Set. Selena Gomez asked to take a picture with Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner said, no, 
This is what people that attended the Golden Globes are reporting in a different video. You can hear them say Timothy like Taylor. Like you can see Selena telling Taylor Swift and her friend a story and they're shocked about it. And it could line up that this is it. Now, if you your mind, if you're a pop culture fan, go racing because the implications are insane. Because remember, Kylie Jenner is BFF, right, with Haley Bieber, Justin Bieber's wife. Now, of course, we know Justin Bieber and Selena have their thing that nobody seems to ever be able to forget in their lives. Now, um, Taylor obviously has bad blood with the Kardashians. Uh, Kimye with that voicemail, Taylor, even most recently when she was uh, the time person of the year in the article brings up Kim Kardashian once again, saying that she was at her lowest after Kim tried to paint her as the aggressor of this. When it was an actuality, Kim edited a voice call to make it look like Taylor was the bad guy. Now, like I said, this could completely be false. It would just be so weird if this was the case. Also, remember, Timothy Chalamet and Selena Gomez were co-stars in a movie, a Woody Allen movie, where they were buddies. So this doesn't make tons of sense for me, but it's exciting to talk about, right? It's exciting to speculate. Is there a world in which Timothy is already whipped by Kylie where he wouldn't be able to take a picture with Selena? And then there was another thing that I heard that Timothy was the one that said no to a picture with Selena. Regardless, we do have some moment that Selena comes up and talks to Taylor Swift about, right? Some moment did happen. So that's what the Globes are about. Also, I got very excited about seeing, um, uh, I got really excited about seeing Bill Hader take a picture with Taylor Swift. I was like, oh, those are all my interests right there. Um, also, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. That was the Golden Globes this year. Uh, we'll see what the after parties are like, and I'll talk a little bit about that on Tuesday, see if there's any good after parties that were people going people were going to. But remember, this is gonna be the lead up to we are fully in award season as this Sunday will be the Emmys. We'll be covering it here on So Bad It's Good. And thank you for joining another episode. If you like what we do here, please consider rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That truly helps. Shout out to Betches Media for all of their support. And I got a lot of fun interviews this week that uh, some I'll be releasing and some I'll be doing this week. So wish me luck. I hope you have the best week ever. And I'll talk to you very, very soon. Like tomorrow. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.